Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kindle Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. What's new? This is 1690 AM WVON. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. It's Friday. It's trending. It is Kendall. All right, of course, we stream live at www.von.com, 312-374-8130. That's the number to connect. Happy Friday, everybody. You look, you guys almost caught us in the middle of a conversation. I was just telling Westside Will... Like, well, you're looking good, bro. And then, you know, of course, Sandria and Netta was like, yeah, all succinctly was like, yeah. yeah. It, it's a carryover from last week. You know, you came in just fresh lining and. Y'all making me blush. Yeah. <laughs> fresh for the 2020. Thank you, thank you ladies. Thank uh, you, gentlemen. No, I not at all. Not at, uh, well, listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing us to be uh, uh, have another part of your evening. Getting you from your work week, a full work week, to your weekend. We have a terrific show in store for you here this evening. And as we normally begin, let me say what's up to my girl, Robin Lewis. Robin, hey, how hey, are hey. you? Hey, happy new year. Happy new year. We haven't seen right. you. This is the you know, first time. People have that whole conversation about when is it uh-huh. too long or when should you stop saying happy new year. Right. And I agree that it's the first time you see a yes. person I, in a new year. We absolutely, I, I agree. Is, I don't know. You guys agree? I, I agree. I, I, we well, agree. happy new year, everybody. Happy first new time year. I've seen you this happy year. year. Robin, what you, so what did you do for the new year? I stayed home. I am not mad. I was asleep when it came. <laughs> was I? I don't even remember. Okay. I did have a cocktail, though. Okay. Oh, there it mm-hmm. is. That a girl. Yep, that yep. a girl. We got to get her in on the challenge, though. Uh-oh. What is that? Yeah, I'm scared. Dry, dry January. It's dry January. Oh, yeah. okay. I can't do February because that's my birthday yeah. month. Uh-oh. All right. February birthday. Now, when, when is your birthday in February? 8th. Be- the 8th. February 8th. Mm-hmm. All right. Mental note of it. Mental note. All right. Always good seeing you, Robin. You too. Have a terrific weekend. You too. All right. Brother Jared, what it is, brother? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Coming to the end of the first full week of the year. There it is. Brother Jared, how, I mean, how has your week been? Uh, you know, my week has been good. You know, I work a lot. You know, I kind of had a burnout moment early in the week. I realized, like, working a month straight ain't 
the healthiest thing. Were so you about to quit? I've been getting back to myself and getting right. But other than that, everything is wonderful, bro. All right, yes, you? a young black brother practicing self-care. Yeah. I like that. That too. Yes. Well, yeah, we discussed a little bit of self-care yeah. last week on last week's He show. made a smoothie when, when I walked in today. He had a fresh smoothie going. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I juice at least once a day. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a great uh, segment yeah. to have during the course of our show. Uh, at some point, we probably need to get into all of that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So the entire team is here. Netta Beretta. What up, baby? Hello. 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 How we doing? Amazing. How's everybody else? Yeah, we're doing good. Great. We're doing good. That sounded so dry. <laughs> <laughs> for a Friday night well, show. About like 80 degrees like. in the studio <laughs> for everybody <laughs> listening. Oh it is hot <laughs> in here. I told you I dress for the weather <laughs> I want. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Don't complain because it's, it's January. It's cold outside. It's dry in here. It's gonna be cold. It's supposed to snow, so let's soak up. No, we're gonna enjoy warm. this. But and it's too it's too hot outside for it to snow. I mean, they say it's supposed to snow tonight and all this weekend, but then they're saying it's supposed to melt by Monday because it's mm. going to be like 40. And what I'm saying is to all of those meteorologists out there, it is too warm outside for it to snow. That's what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm not even a damn media, meteorologist. Right. So. Yes, it's misty. What's that, Will? Was in the building, what of up, course. All right, glad what's to see you night? back. Uh, let's talk about some politics when we get back, right? right then tell me, right. tell me what's on your radar. And, of course, Miss... So dope, Sandria. Yes. How we doing? Yes. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm awesome. All right. You guys good. are looking awesome. It looks like VON put some extra lighting in here or something. It is Well, bright. we have screens back here. We're on the air officially. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some newness in here. Is that new? No. No. It's been here. No. screen. It's a Everybody like, oh, no. Selfies coming soon. Right. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, listen, folks, of course. Uh, you are in for one heck of a show here this evening. Um, there's a lot going on in the news relative to um, missing women, uh, and specifically African-American women. Um, also kidnapping. And last week we touched on a, a, a plethora of different things when it comes to uh, one's safety as it relates to to women comprehensively. Uh, this evening, uh, again, we have a terrific segment in store uh, Sandria and Netta, they're going to head up that segment uh, to discuss um, women overall who have been missing in addition to having been kidnapped, in addition to being able to protect themselves and everything up under the sun with that. So make yes. sure that you stick around for that. Also this evening, we, we have the Lit Roundtable, and we're going to figure that out before uh, 8 o'clock, right? <laughs> yes, we always do. Naya is also in the building. So what's up, Big Naya? What's up? Been doing your thing. <laughs> no, no. You know what, Naya? What I was saying, that was like the, you know what, I'm too old to be calling you Big. So Because when we say Big, like, I, what's up, Big Will? Yeah, Will stature. It's a stature right. thing. You're big in stature. Yeah, that's big what up. I was Your personality yeah. is big. That's right. As, as well as that mouth, which is why she's running her <laughs> mouth right now. Because she's been, on all, she been on all week killing it, the morning traffic and everything. No. And she's been killing it, man. All right. Well, terrific. Yeah, look at her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Folks, I don't want you to touch that down. So th let me start with this. Meghan Markle and the Prince. I, I, I have to say this before we take our first commercial. A woman's thing thing. <laughs> is a man's uh, quickest downfall. Oh, no. That woman made that man change his damn religion. 
I think it's charming. I'm just telling y'all the truth. Now, yeah. if y'all don't want to talk they about it, y'all do don't have to talk about thing. it. No, I'm so yeah. serious, though. Look, the woman that made this man say, forget my family, I'm gone, and I'm going to do whatever. That was, man, I said, what the power of the pig? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why like, can't it, be the power of love? Thank you. Why it gotta be that? Because I just don't Lord, see don't her do having the you. type of personality to make him do it. Well, you know what? I, and, I, and I've thought about this. She's an actress. She has the power. To I am telling, and she's a sister, and that's, that's right. why all the white right. girls mad right now. Like right. now, 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 just think about this, though. And then, you know, I ain't trying to, to badge anybody, but just think about this for one second. This sister, first of all, they were already hating on her because she came and stole the guy who everybody wanted right. to have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then she just so happened to be. Uh, African-American, her mom is African-American, her dad is white, but nonetheless, she's she still, based off of American racist, she's still black. Yes. And now she like, baby, pack your stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we gone. I'm not taking right. this anymore. That, that's, that's, my, that, that's my two cents, and I'm sticking with it. Mm-mm. When we return, I want to hear from you guys. Yeah. 312-374-8130. You know, men, has it come to this? Or... The women who are overpowered, there are some overbearing women. There are women who run men. It, it just really is. Because they want to be ran. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. First of all, you yeah. need a microphone so people can hear snap, what you're talking about. Some, no, 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 no. So we'll talk about that. Uh, what's going on over in uh, over there across in the pond? <laughs> over there across, across the pond. The I'm telling y'all, think about this for a second. Before you call here tonight, when you really, really think about it, this sister that made this man leave his family, <laughs> and they pissed off about it. Leave his station. <laughs> it's like coming to America when, when, Eddie, when Eddie said, do you want me to leave? I'll leave all of this for you. And people are huh. highly pissed about it. Hey, we discuss it when we return. It's Kendall. Let's go. I'm always coming back. Yeah, I got that good, good. I got that good, good. No matter how. Kendall Moore will be right back on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Minutes after the hour, it's the Kendall Moore Show, 312-374-8130. That's the number to connect. And, of course, we are having this discussion just for a little bit, folks. If you are not aware, uh, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex. Well, first of all, I need to know what a duchess is. (laughs) And I have no idea where Sussex is located. But it seems to be, it's, it's, it's it's something that's trending across the country, and the reason that it's trending is because this sister that went across the pond and then got this white boy to leave his and family. Already, you want to blame her. It's all her fault. Yeah, because it is. She put I, it I, on I, him like that. Huh? She put it on, she put him, it like on that. him like that. 
She did put them on. It, I mean, and you know what? I'm, I'm making. I'm being. Right. I'm be making. Being very light about the, the conversation, but it really is. It's 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 a, it's a serious conversation in other circles because white people, white women, don't play about their white men. They get highly offended when a white guy dates a sister. They really do. I don't know if you've ever. First of all, y'all ladies, so y'all probably have heard. And y'all do know the secrets. But, Will, I'm looking at you directly in your eyeballs, brother. <laughs> well, I hear you. Let me just say to all the white ladies out there, you can always get your revenge. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, Don't be promoting that. So, but, so, I didn't mean to cut you off, Sandy, but here's the thing. Let's call a spade a spade. No pun no intended. Pun. No pun intended. <laughs> This woman got this man to pick up the family and was like, let's roll. I'm tired of this. The pressure of a family. Let's put ourselves in that predicament. How many of us out here have dated up? Because she she absolutely dated up. And we were not ready for the pressure of that family. So I can put it in in layman terms, right? Mm -hmm. You just an every, your family just an average family. Making the median uh, uh, yearly income, but you just happen to be this spectacular person, and you end up meeting a person whose family is a little bit more well off to do, mm-hmm. right? Right. Let's it's say it's precious well meeting off. one of the Theo Huxtable, right? Mm-hmm. Did you say precious? I did say precious. That's all I had. That's all I had at the time. <laughs> I'll allow it. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> But no, no, think about that. Even like even in today, like even like right now, because it's really happening for them in real time. She dated up and she married up and now she's pulling him from his people. They they were already pissed off. Well, here's the thing. So she knew the man that she married. She knew who he was, his background, his lineage, all of that. Likewise, he knew who he married. You know what I'm saying? So with that, when they came together to start their union, we can look at it as just two regular married people. Like, we take the crown off, sit the crown to the side of these are just two people coming together as husband and li- husband and wife. They want to start their own life together. They want to start their own traditions, their own family, do their own thing. So why is it so, I guess, unheard of that they want to break away now? Because typically isn't that something that happens when People get married. They want to do their own thing. They may not always go to his mother's house for Christmas now. They're going to do Christmas at their house. They're starting their own tradition. So why are we villainizing her like, oh, my gosh, she made him do this? I'm sure they had conversations beforehand. They've gotten things trademarked. Like, they didn't just up and do this. This was well thought out, calculated. Absolutely. But, Especially but see, because I'm sorry, he ahead. doesn't have a direct line to the throne either. So it's not like he's given, given up, up the crown. Yeah. He probably has been itching to get away. Mm. From what I remember in the press, he's always been the rebellious one. Mm-hmm. So people are using her as a scapegoat, mm-hmm. but he probably is like, you know what? Thank God for this woman because I can get away from this right. situation yeah. now. And now it's easy to make her the scapegoat because, you know, well, she's the black woman. She's the woman that came in from a lesser standing than him. Like all these different <laughs> things that you can throw on top of her to say it's all her fault. Those variables. Will, what were you going with? His it? life was just boring, man. She came into his life. 
She made it a little bit better. She recognized. She might have upgraded him, yeah. showed him some things like you don't need this. Let me upgrade you. Jerry, add that to the playlist. Let me upgrade you, right? I think she put the thing thing on him, and then you know. What about Harlem Nights <laughs> mm-hmm. when dude, when Sunshine, when this is what I think about. Harlem Nights, Sunshine, and uh, Sunshine walks out of the room and he jumps up out the bed. Boom, boom. Yep. Hey, put your mama on the phone. Hey, honey, I ain't never coming home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but you're saying like it's a bad thing. She's supposed to put it on him. That's his wife. I, I, That's if his your wife. wife don't put it on you, who's supposed to do it? No, no, I She's agree supposed with to that. change your world. And she did. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. He's not. How do you go, go here? Even when they leave, though, he's not the, the a regular guy. He's not the average person. His name, right. his weight will carry. They can't her, just go to Canada and blend in. Right. Her name and her weight is going to carry, too, because this is like a reverse fairy tale. Usually in the fairy tales, the prince marries the woman and takes her away and she lives the best life. Well, they did that, and then she was like, eh, this ain't for me. He said, yeah, baby, you're right. Let's try you out. Let's try what, what what your ideas are. So, you know, hey man, I applaud them. Let's see what happens. Fellas, take notes. I, you know, I, I can I can I can feel yeah. that though. Yeah. I really can't. But but so much is at stake. They done already took statues down. <laughs> Patty. You know, I, I see other people on Twitter. Uh, uh, I see celebrities tweeting that uh, they should pull the security from them. Like, all of the amenities that they were afforded, all of the protection and all of those other things. Mm. You know, people are tweeting really mean things about Megan and, and, and this whole situation, mm-hmm. saying all of that needs to be retracted. Go ahead and let them live like peasants, uh, mm-hmm. basically, is what, what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And, 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 you know, the latest from this is, you know, the queen right now was talking to his dad and his brother and him to try to just make it all work. But at the end of the day, though, my question to the WVON audience and ladies and you two gentlemen, women and the power of the people, yeah. you know, like for real, yeah. that really make you go crazy. It will make you slap your mama. Well, I'm trying to <laughs> tell you. Three, one, two, three, seven, four, eighty, one, thirty. That's enough to connect. All right, so <laughs> they ain't saying nothing. You know, won't I, even make you listen no. to your mama. Your mama say no, and you be like, yeah, mama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they know it. They know it. They ain't saying nothing. That's why it's important to align yourself with the right woman, right. so that she won't lead you in the wrong direction. Right. Because you know the P is powerful. Why would you align yourself with someone who doesn't have the same values and goals as you? Boy. But they were smart about it. You, they, from what I read, they actually have trademarked yeah. over a hundred things. They've been doing this for months to set themselves up so that they can start building their own wealth and their own enterprise. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to be the same. He's it probably prince. won't be the He's same. Always but be a prince. It's twenty twenty. Things don't need to be done the way they always been done. Right. They need to shake yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think a deeper a deeper kick uh, to the crown. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a we don't need you. Well, that's that, exactly. that's a huge not even an almost. Yep. They said we want to be financially independent, so we don't need your money. We don't need your your na- none of that. Yep. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation.
All right, welcome back, folks. 37 minutes after the hour. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Of course, uh, check out the Facebook page, uh, the Kendall Moore Show. And also follow me on Instagram, the Kendall Moore Show. I greatly appreciate that. You know what, those, we, we stream live. We stream the show live so that you can see the entire team. Now, the Beretta, Westside Will, so dope Sandria. And you guys get a chance to, uh, you know, interact with us live on Instagram as well as on Facebook. So check out those pages. Of course, uh, Naya does a great job in, in recording us and, we, you know, putting it all together. In the meantime, um, let's end this topic on uh, the Duchess of Sussex. How did they? How did she end up in Sussex? It's so close to sex, and then the power, <laughs> and then the power of the P. It's all a conspiracy. Sense. It's all a conspiracy. <laughs> See, there it is, Sussex. Sussex. I wonder did she talk to Oprah? Like Oprah, look, man, this is what I'm trying. And, and Oprah probably been like, listen, young lady. Yeah. She probably she. I'm 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 thinking she did not have enough support. No, she didn't. She you know, she, to her mama. Her mama said, "Girl, you better get out of there." Mm. That's what Mamas can destroy yeah. your relationships, though. Yeah, I'm telling well, you, the, the, the wrong mama can, well, yeah. can destroy your like, relationship. Like not trying to destroy, but protect. Like she sees yeah. her daughter is unhappy. She sees how her daughter is being treated. Like she's not going to stand for that. So she's going to advise her, you know, to do what makes you happier. Yeah. You and your husband do what is best for y'all. Well, you know what? I, I look. I'm happy for the sister because you know the. She has been in the news all year or all last year about how she was struggling and everything. And mm-hmm. I think she really found out how it is to be in that family and to be a different type of royal. Mm-hmm. We remember when she first got married, many of my Facebook friends who are white, they were kind of like worried about her. They would make their comments, but it wasn't against Megan. It was against the royal family. And I think... White people know white people better than other people. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and they was like, we, oh, I, I, yes, will, I honestly don't know why y'all celebrated it. I had one friend named Steve. He said, they really some horrible people. Mm. And I think they knew that this was going to happen. And then you start hearing reports about how she was unhappy and mm-hmm. she would come to tears in the in interview. Look, man, they was treating her like shush. I get it. Okay. Yeah. This was a life-saving move. You know, for I'm, both of them, and, yeah. and then and then the husband, I guess, obviously the husband rolled with rolled with her, as like, he yeah. should, and he's as he yeah. should have. I mean, yeah. that was huge on his part, right. though. Yeah. It they, really was. They called their baby uh, a monkey. It was a journalist that referred to her child as a monkey, and all of this. So you know, can you? I, I don't really blame him. I'm not going to judge. Hey, man, I'm going to give him big ups for being strong enough to leave a a, 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 a legacy like that, right. and you know. Think about it. It takes strength to do that. Let's take a call. Let's take a call. Rachel, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Hey, Kendall, what's happening? Hey, how are you? (laughs) Man, you hit on the nail on the head. I've been waiting to talk about this all day long. (laughs) I am a happy black camper on the south side of Chicago. Freedom. Thank you, God. Jesus. Leave them crazy people alone. You know that queen ain't no good. Mm. She killed Princess Diana. Yes, she did. The reason why this woman did what she did is because she feared for her life and the safety of her child. Mm. And the fact that Harry, he has always been super sensitive with the press and how they basically tracked his mother to death. Yep. And he saw the same the same pattern that they used for Diana with Megan. And the fact that, if you remember correctly, when Princess Diana died, 
the monarchy did not come out and say anything negative about the whole divorce proceedings and the way that they treated her until the public decided to let them know how much they loved her. Mm. Then all of a sudden they mm. came out and they made good statements. Same thing with Megan. These people have been treating her badly in the British press. Piers Morgan as well, who didn't get his date, and that was the reason why he was all up in the air. Oh, yep, yep. They, taught, they tortured this woman in the media for years, and nobody took her side. Not even Prince William. You mean your brother not going to stand up for his brother for real? Mm. Yep. Yeah. 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 And you know what, Rachel? And 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 because Netta said this, she made a point about it. Uh, my, you know, one of the co-hosts on the show, uh, she was talking about uh, Prince William and and his uh and his wife that, that uh her and Ma- uh her and uh, uh, uh Megan didn't really get along. They didn't get along. Well, you know something. Um, if you followed it, there was an undertone agreement that William and Kate had made with. Harry and Meghan, that they all four would share the duties of the monarchy to keep this thing alive and going once the queen, you know, passed on. Yeah. But the fact that Meghan had so much momentum in the press, maybe it was jealousy. I don't know what it was, but at the end of the day, it seemed as though the people who you thought, the king and queen of England, they got upset with his brother and his wife, upstaging them. So I don't know if they was, you know, tore up over the wind and they didn't, you know, they got more juice than they did. I don't know what was going on. Pimple, she, her little butt wasn't doing it no more. I don't know what was happening. But at the end of the day, Harry was a man. He stood up for his wife and his family, and he's putting them first. All right. Rachel, thank you so very much for that call. We certainly appreciate you checking in. Uh, it was a good call. Yeah. Good, good, good call. You know what? If Harry don't got no place to go, they can always come to the west side. Oh, no. No. Y'all come on. That's the My worst. You are welcome, nigga and Harry. Y'all come on to the west side. I'll show you around. Harry did say that they were going to split their time between the states and back in England. All right, there so you go. I thought they were moving to Canada. Canada. Have some back. Yeah. Oh, Canada? Oh, oh, so they were, they're going to split their time. Between North all. America. Uh, North America. America. I got. But you know, uh, so just things that just jump that just d- jump out at me immediately. What ra- to, to Rachel's point? Why didn't a brother? And I haven't seen a brother come out and, and protect her. If my brother is married to a woman and I know they're getting heat, I'm going to open my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my family. Hush your mouth. Stop talking about my people. They're, they're my people. I, ain't, I, I haven't heard any of them say that. I, I really haven't. Even when she was, uh, even when she really was like, when she she did that secret inter- not secret interview but they when they that one reporter who said how you doing and she, and she was she in was tears cry, like yeah. no one has asked me mm-hmm. like thank you for asking me because ain't nobody else caring about me Jared what's up what you were saying just gonna say I was just gonna say like what if you didn't like the sister too I mean I know you said you uh, oh what if I you didn't get like it. the sister too then I mean that changed the whole narrative yeah you're right about that yeah. you're right man because talk about a prince marrying a commoner, and we see this in fairy tales all the time that you read about, but, I mean, she was really a commoner. She, She's an actress. She's an actress here in America. She was on a TV show, but that was it, you know? So I know they're like, that's who you chose to marry, but she has substance to her. I like Megan. She has substance. I can tell her mom looks strong, you know. Uh, hey, let's see what happens. 
All right, there it is. All right, so let's turn the page on that. Megan, we, we, we wish you well. Uh, they are. They're becoming, they're going to, be, you know, there's more to come. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> y'all didn't get it. It went over your head. Now, y'all, more to come. Oh, more yeah, to come. Oh, my God. 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 All right, so listen, turning the page. All right. Um, Sasha. Sasha Obama. Mm-hmm. Everybody's made a big deal about her not rushing uh, a sorority at uh, the University of Michigan. Can we give her some time? Can we? <laughs> but why does she have to? Right. right. So that that but that that's been something that's trending among uh, Greek lettered organ, black Greek lettered organizations. Yeah, there's a lot happening in Greek. Greekdom and Greek this dumb. week. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're going to get to that. Let's yeah. take Susan before we turn the page. Hey, Jerry, put put Susan in. We want to make sure we don't uh, we don't miss her on this topic. Go ahead, Susan. Thank you. Um, the reason that he didn't stick up for them because the reason the rift took place is because he didn't like her, and that's when Harry separated from him. Like, oh, you don't like her? Oh, okay. God, so that's makes what, sense. That's what actually started it. And, you know, they never, well, I never read. I wasn't following it. I was intrigued by it, and I wasn't intrigued by it all at the same time. Okay, and got it. I, I don't know if it's that he just did not like her specifically or if it was that, you know, she was black or if it was both um, or if it was that she could not intertwine within the, the monarchy yeah. because she's not only American, she's, you know, not royalty. You know, Kate was kind of different. They went to school together. That's how they met. They were school, high school sweethearts um, or grammar school sweethearts. It was a long time. They've been together a long time. Um, but even then, she broke up with him because she's like, I don't know if I can handle this life. Mm. That was Kate, the white girl, right. the, English, right. the English girl. She said she did. She broke up because she wasn't sure if she could handle that life. Now, she's English and she's white, and she had to take time and think about it. Now, you're American and you're black, so, you know, and then you got ignorant white family. Yep. It's like the, the kind Ooh. of the part that might make you okay just a little bit is, is more ignorant than the part that definitely doesn't make you okay. So, unfortunately, it started with his brother. And Susan. he might have taken the attitude of, well, if y'all don't like her, you know what to do. You know the rest of the sentence. So. Susan, thank you so very much for that. You know what? That just That's an added. See, I'm not... The more people call, the more I think about it. Mm-hmm. Why not? The brother done did something, and his brother like, uh-uh, homie, no, 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 that's my wife. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to deal with her? I'm not dealing with you either. Exactly. I didn't even think about that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I really did not. I did not think about that. Yeah. And Harry's raised differently anyway, because he's like next in line after Prince Charles. Yeah. Because okay. Charles, Charles gets the throne. Right. Charles gets the throne. Then William would come next, which will be another 100 years if he survives. Because they all vampires. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Harry's like seven <laughs> they or eight. vampires. I'm like seven y'all. or eight down He's there. Six. He wouldn't even make right, six. six. Yeah. yeah, so he wouldn't even make the cut. He's not worried about that. But he, they were raised different, though, because of the responsibilities, because he's like so close to the throne. And Harry's like, nah, man, I'm going to go to this party and kick it. Classism is a mug, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Mm. Classism even within the family, huh? With the, even mm-hmm. within the family. If you, well, you you didn't come from this stock over here. Right. And I don't care if your, my son did marry you. And, and again, it mm-hmm. happens all the time, even here in, in America. In regular family. In, in regular family. So I can only imagine mm-hmm. what was going on with that young lady. I, and now I understand where you're coming from, Will, when you said, 
your uh your 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 non-black friends were like, mm-hmm. um, man, they feel sorry they for feel sorry because for her. that crown, even for you, you know, to be in a monarchy and and and, and I mean, you you have to be a certain certain type of person to stay in that type of situation mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Real talk. Right. All right, folks, we take a break, we come back, and then uh, we're going to introduce the segment uh, 4, 7 o'clock. Looking very forward to that. Don't touch the dial. It's Friday. It's trending. It's Kendall. He's hot. He's mannish. But it gets no realer than him. Kendall Moore. Radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Just the two of us. Uh, 55 minutes after the hour. Welcome back. It's the Kendall Moore Show. All right, folks. Uh, Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry have done the damn thing, and we, we're wrapping up that segment. Um, the family, the, the family piece of it, though. I mean, we really, you, we really could get delve into all of the the particulars and specifics when it comes to it. To be perfectly honest with you. There, and we were just talking about it last week, right? We were talking about the young lady from Michigan State mm-hmm. who ended up with this guy that she was not supposed to be with. The family begged her not to be with him, and he ends up shooting her in the head and killing her, you know, et cetera. Now, this story isn't akin, akin to that, but none of what I am say, stating is when your family feels a certain type of way about the person that you are with, you know, she. I'm about to say, you know, you in some trouble. Yeah. How many? I wonder how many people literally are living those type of lives. Like your family cuts you off because you married somebody that they didn't they did not approve of. I'm sure it happens all the time. And and they couldn't do that to her because Harry, you know, he part of the royalty. And then it, you know, how the tabloids are over there. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have went up, and it really would have showed what the crown and that whole family, what they truly are about if they did not accept her. Do you understand how they would have looked if Harry was saying, I wanted to marry her, but my family would not allow me to do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about that. That really would have put, because they already, they got some black in them. They just done did such a great job of (laughs) of, of hiding it. So you you can't tell me they ain't got no black. As much as they done... uh, pillaged Africa. I, yeah. They ain't just take the gold. I promise you that one. Right. They just left the kids over there. Yep. Feel me on that. Yep. And, you know, put two and two together. But when it comes to family, though, I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've been in enough experiences with families that I was born and raised on the West Side. When I met a South Side girl and met, went to her house and her family, like, this was a young man, I, I walked into the house like, well, damn, like, black people live like this? That was the- <laughs> you too, brother. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but that was early on. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did they treat you though? Did they treat you like, oh, he from the West? From side? the West? Oh, yeah. absolutely. They treated yeah. me like they I was hid from the all West the valuables side. and the silverware. Yeah. Right? No, they didn't have to do that. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Rightfully so. Look at so. But no, that's real side. because so I dated 
one of my boyfriends in college was from the West Side, and my mom kind of felt away, and I didn't really understand. I'm like, what's the, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, we live in Harvey, but okay. Like, <laughs> like, like okay, then, but yeah, you know, it's that whole division, you know, South Side versus West Side. West Side, and, yeah. side. You know, West Side is a whole different country. You're just different. Yeah. You know, there's a verb called West Siding. West Siding. Yes. Yeah. It's a different it's world. A like, how often do I ever get to the West Side? And yeah, yeah no. I'm gonna throw you in the car. We take you tonight when we get over there. <laughs> West Side will speak to everybody. West Side will speak to everybody, and we, you know, we're and like, you hey, also what's up, man? Run what's, red lights. And, well, look here, we, nobody's perfect. <laughs> I've lived on both sides of town, and we'll tell you, has a West Side that lived on the South Side for many years. I owned a home. Southsiders don't really speak to each other. Uh, it's a problem. They're yeah. not, you know what I'm saying? They're more like, to, like, what you want, man? Who are you? Westsiders, even we walking past each other, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Even if you slinging or doing some type mm-hmm. of legal acti- activity yeah, and you nah. just mind your business, we going to say, what's up? Because we want to know who you are and what you're about. South, Southsiders are very enclosed and no. I don't want to know you. Clicky. I'm, I have my clicky Gucci purse and I'm going to get into my expensive car. I'm going to zoom off. And, well, I am exaggerating a little bit, but that's kind of true. <laughs> no, I always love the West Side. Because I remember one time I was walking from the train. It was like a 10-minute walk. And there was this man, and he was like, oh, you need some help, woo-woo-woo. And he took my crate, like a 10-minute walk, and then he even asked me for my number. He said, have a good day. See? Yeah. Didn't want nothing from me. South Side, they would have been like, hey, woo-woo-woo, like. There it is. After he said, have a good day, did you hear? Pop, pop, pop. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. Look at that. Look who we work around. We would have been polite with it. Look who we work around. (laughs) We're back after this, y'all. You're listening to Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, WVON. You are listening to the Kendall Moore Show on WZON 1690. We are here with the Lit Crew, and we are getting ready to talk about human trafficking, particularly in Chicago. So Saturday, January 11th, is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. And a lot of people seem to have an idea that human trafficking is something that goes on elsewhere out the country outside the city but it is happening right here at home and joining us to talk about it is author and activist advocating against human trafficking dr kisha roberts tab thank you for joining us this evening thank you for having me yes we know that you are extremely busy you actually have an event coming up tomorrow so thank you for taking time to come in and talk with us tonight because if it's anything like trying to plan an event you are just running with your head all over the place so Mm -hmm. thank you for coming in tonight thank you for having me i think it's important you know like I really, I'm honored, first of all, to be with the lit crew. You know, yeah. You know, it's lit, y'all. You're making us blush. <laughs> but I think, you know, regardless of um, how busy I am, I think that it's always important 
to get the community to understand what's going on in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I refuse to speak about an issue that's happening globally when I'm ignoring what's happening in my backyard. That's just, I can't rock like that. I, I exactly. have to let you know that what's going on right around us because we speak about the issue. We were just talking about that. We speak about this issue like it's them. It's not a them issue. It's a us issue. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, to clarify, because I think I use the terms interchangeably, mm-hmm. what is human trafficking and is it the same as sex trafficking? Yes. So what's so, the difference between the two? And then how did you start doing this work? Well, you, which one you want me to do first? The start definite. with the definite. Yeah. <laughs> Let the so, people know what we're talking about because they may not fully know what it is. So we hear the buzzwords. Tra- so human trafficking encompasses two forms of trafficking, both Sex and labor. Okay. So that's the difference. Um, so sex trafficking, um, the sexual exploitation part of human trafficking is um, committing a, have, for, by force, fraud, or coercion, or anyone who obtained have not obtained their 18th birthday are induced to commit such an act. Mm-hmm. So there has to be three things present if you're not 18, force, fraud, or coercion. And if you are under the age of 18, whether you think you freely walked in, in it or you you think you selling yourself you can consent to have sex at 17 but you cannot sell sex until you're 18 so anyone that is purchasing buying harboring transporting or any girl for the purpose of a commercial sex act is involved in human trafficking mm. okay and it is forever broken down okay so now how did you start doing this work I actually was doing the work and didn't know I was doing the work, if that makes sense. Um, so I started off as a probation officer almost 18 years ago, 2003, um, April. And so um, in doing that work, I started working with a lot of the girls, and I did not recognize the signs of trafficking 18 years ago because, again, we wasn't talking about trafficking. And if you were, you mm-hmm. were talking about something that was happening somewhere else. It was not something that was happening here. So. Um, the work st- I started doing just gender responsive work. I was the overflow person for what we considered the girls unit. And so a lot of my girls would constantly go on the run, constantly go on the run. And without saying her name, I remember having a um, media case. And this media case, Robin Roberts, Rob- I think it was Robin Robinson, had um, come to Chicago, was doing a case about a shelter we have um, called the SOAR Center. At the time, it was Neon House. And so I had a client that kept running, and she ended up in the SOAR Center. And when I went to talk to her, her story was a story of sex trafficking, but we didn't know what that was. We didn't know the definition. So when she started talking about individuals, um, she started talking about being placed out of her house, being involved in authoritative care systems. Now, through my research, through my experience, I know that's pathways. She had been in the foster home. She had been in the detention center. She had been in group homes. That's the number one. That's pathways into trafficking. That's Mm -hmm. a recruiting ground. The same young lady talked about being placed outside of her home and sleeping on a bench, a guy going by three times before stopping. We know statistically once a person run away or is put out or homeless, they got 48 hours before they're approached by a pimp or a trafficker. That's I mean, it's, it's out there. Research shows that. And sometimes those traffickers don't look like what we... We got this white van syndrome, especially yes, now. Yes, we got this yes. white van syndrome where people are snatching our kids. And please, don't get me wrong, it happens. People are being snatched. But a lot of times we are in bondage in our mind and in our heart. And once somebody get in your mind and they get in your heart, your body just going to do what... It's just going to follow. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened. This girl was approached. The guy was nice. Are you hungry? Of course you hungry. You've been outside for two days on right. the bench. 
bought us a McDonald's. Next time he came by, are you sure you okay? So the first thing that he did was he checked for vulnerabilities, right? Mm -hmm. I kept running past her to see if she's still going to be here. So now I know she has nowhere to go. So what do I offer her? I know she's hungry. I know she's homeless. She has nowhere to go. I'm going to offer her food and shelter. Hmm. That happened. Stayed with us. I'm asleep on the couch, perfect gentleman. Three days later, he was in his 13-year-old's bed having sex with her. Hmm. Two days after her, his friends was in the bed. Before wow. she knew it, they was running her. And it, it happens that simple, you know. And I didn't know that that's what human trafficking was. I was a probation officer. This was just a person on my caseload. Right. So that was my first introduction to trafficking. And then after having, you know, being involved in her story, I kind of start picking up on the signs and, and you know, trying starting to see, like, this isn't a normal domestic relationship. Because I'm not going to lie, I was ignorant to what sex trafficking was and identifying signs and pathways. To me, everything that was happening was either oh, abuse or it was either abuse, it was um statutory rape mm -hmm. it was domestic violence when out all the time these girls was being trafficked so i was having girls 14 and 15 and a 32 year old showing up at court saying i'm her uncle you're not no you're not mm -hmm. you're her boyfriend you know she's been gone she's been on the run i had girls running eight months nine months at a time showing up being caught you know picked up in for retail theft you look at what she's stealing she's sending still in sanitary napkins she's still in Basic need stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, all those things were signs, but no one was educating us in our community about what this was. All we knew was pimps and hoes. Right. We didn't know anything about victimization, the age of victimization, trafficking victims, what sex trafficking meant. We were told that these girls was working and they wanted to be. We didn't know anything about the difference between choice and force. So even you working in the justice system, you all weren't even really trained. Not at all. On what to look for as far as trafficking or sex workers or anything like that. Not at all. But guess what? No one else was either. Mm -hmm. We wasn't talking about it from that lens. We wasn't looking at the work from that lens. We was looking at the work from a lens of prostitution because we had been conditioned to look at black and brown girls as fast, mm -hmm. as loose, as lewd. We never been conditioned to look at black and brown girls as victims, even now. We don't. We find fault in everything that happens to us. Yes. Yeah, that's even a piggyback off of our uh, first segment, just talking about, you know, Meghan Markle, like she's automatically the cause of what's going right. on because as a black woman. So it's like we're we're always villainized, victimized. You know what, we're going to come back after this break. That was a great lead. And if you're listening, we are talking about human trafficking. Give us a call at 312-374-8130, and we will be back after the break. Kendall Moore on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. <laughs> WBON, getting you from your work week to your weekend. The Lit Crew is holding down the mic this hour. We are talking with Dr. Kisha Roberts-Tab. She is an author and advocate speaking out against human trafficking, particularly protecting black women and girls in Chicago. And right before the break, we were talking about these pathways, like how do girls and women find themselves or trafficked, boys. right, or boys, because they are trafficked as well. Um, but how do they find themselves 
in these situations. And I think a lot of times we have this idea of mm-hmm. what it can look like. Um, like I'm thinking of the movie Hustle and Flow, mm-hmm. you know, but what does it really look like on the ground here in Chicago? So usually um, the major, a major pathway, I talked about force fraud or coercion. Um, when we talk about what's going on here, the major pathway is coercion. It's the, it's the manipulation, and it's usually done in some form of a relationship, whether that's a friendship, an intimate partner relationship, a familiar relationship. It's usually introduced by someone you know. Most traffickers know their trafficker before being involved. Most, most trafficking victims are very familiar with their trafficker prior to being involved in the life or the field of commercial sex trade. Um, a lot of times it's as easy as the grooming process. Mm-hmm. So when we think think about a relationship, think about the worst relationship you've ever been in and how you were groomed to stay in that relationship. It goes a little deeper than that. So when we think about the grooming relationship, the first thing that a trafficker or a pimp will do is find noticeable vulnerabilities. They have to find a way in. And so that's most times that's done through social media because it's the one place where you can find the thirsty one. You can find the one that want a whole lot of sympathy. You can find the one that don't have no friends because they steady asking somebody to hit their line. It's that (laughs) it's usually, you know, I'm bored. I'm bored. Mm -hmm. It's so dry on here. So it's usually through social media where we intertwine with people because we can do so without ever identifying our real self. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. We can be anybody we want to be on social media. And so, it's usually when you when traffickers when people are trafficked by a stranger is usually they usually the first interaction is through the internet and on some form of social media some type of social media vehicle. Girls that's introduced by their friends are friends that's normally involved. I see a lot of girls that go from stripping straight into trafficking because mm-hmm. it sounds great. You got amateur night Monday nights everywhere, but if you know if I'm not trained to work the pole, everybody think that stripping is this easy thing to do. That's hard work. You got to be trained hard. to do yeah. that. So if I'm not trained, I'm not really getting the same kind of tips as a girl that know how to bounce off this flip and swing off this pole, mm-hmm. but it's a boom boom room in the back where I can make a little money. Every strip club got a promoter. They taking pictures. Mm. What the pictures looking like? The pictures are getting looter and looter and looter, and then they ended up on adult sites and things of that nature. And so those pathways are very common pathways. But we also have a pathway through systems, authoritative care systems, whether it be detention homes, group homes, or, um, or foster care system. Because this is a very vulnerable population. It's the most vulnerable population. And when you think about who occupy those systems, it's black and brown kids most often. And so knowing if they don't know one's checking for you, it's an easy thing. And we always say that girls enter into a group home by themselves, but they leave. It's usually a group of them. Mm-hmm. A group home. It's usually they come in in one, they leave it in threes because they're in there and they're selling this life. And so if you work in any, if you are any kind of service provider and you work with teens, you got to know the language. You got to know what to listen for. When they start talking about who they turnout is, um, mm. you know, did you know, did you ever, was you part of this family? And language like that, those are red flags for me. If I'm sitting in a group of girls and they start talking about turnouts and do you know X, Y, and Z, I know the pimps just like I know what's going on because I'm I'm in the street. So when they start asking people, you know cash from so-and-so? I do. Mm-hmm. And I know what cash doing, you know. And so it's that common conversation that adults, we so out of the loop because we so going, we going about our life. We ain't paying no attention to what our kids talking about. We don't want to hit that. But we got to know the language to understand what's going on. Right. Because they, they spinning us. 
Is it usually the girls coercing the other girls in that, that situation, or lot. is it? It's both. Is it also like when they enter into a home when they're a foster child or whoever's entrusted with their care? Now, I have not had foster parents. Yes, I have. I had a grandmother. I had a grandmother that was pimping out her her mm. granddaughter. That's the only care. That's the only time that I had within home. Um, but I have had. Um, Individuals that worked, I've had cases where individuals worked in group home settings and people that worked at the group home was, you know, pimping out girls or transporting them or, you know, they already working, but they know they working because they come in and somebody assessed them or they came in with a report or a, a label attached to them. So if I know you already out there, I just want a piece of the pass. So I'm driving them. And I, you know, I had a girl tell me point blank, I don't want him prosecuted. He didn't do nothing but drive me. Wow. But he was the adult. And he, instead of driving you to turn that trick, he should have been telling on you. Yeah. Right. And these are the people working in the group homes? Yes. So they're yes. not even safe wow. where they lay their heads at night. Sometimes, no. And I'm not saying every group home, please. I don't want right. all the group homes coming right. against me. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I have had cases where, where individuals who were staff at group home was involved. I have worked in two group homes. One mm-hmm. is very, was very well known. And this was years ago, but they did have a case similar yeah. to that. Yeah, and I told I told everything. Tell it all this old no snitching. Right. Look, y'all, yeah. we need to start protecting our kids. You're not snitching. You protecting, and that's our job as adults. When you when you have a girl that tell I had, I've had a girl told me she was I can't tell my mama that I'm that I'm doing this for purses. Huh? Like right. that, that's where we at right now. Mm. That's where we at. We've let not. We have lost our kids to the point that they willing to sell their body for, for a, a purse, purse. Yep. or some shoes, or some shoes, or McDonald's. And even, but when we think about the Commercial Sex Act, is defined as the exchange of anything of value for a sexual act. It does not say the exchange of. It's no monetary value in the definition. Mm-hmm. It's not a commerce exchange. It can be anything, housing. It can be basic needs. It can be food. It can be shelter. So what does that say about us as a society that our kids are selling themselves for their basic needs? It's not their fault. It's ours. We have not set up a structure in which we can catch the babies. We letting them just, it's a free fall at this point. They surviving at this point. I think it has a lot to do, too with the people who run those facilities. Too. I'm not I've even just talking about facilities. I'm talking yeah. about period. Yeah. If a girl have to sleep with somebody to eat, that's a problem. That's a communal right. problem. Mm-hmm. That's not her problem. That's something we have dropped the ball in society. That's our fault. Yeah, I agree. Now, what does trafficking look like? Um, and you and I talked a little bit about this before, but like, I used to live on a prominent track (laughs) in Chicago. I didn't even know until after I moved over there, but around the area of 50th and Indiana, Prairie, Calumet, King Drive, and I could be walking down the street. I got on my workout gear, or I might have a backpack on looking like a student. You know, like just, I don't think I look like a woman who's selling sex, Mm -hmm. but yet, Men driving past slow down their cars, they're honking, they're stopping and looking. So what does it look like? Like, how do you identify a woman who was in that situation? Well, the first thing you have to be, you have a trained I know because, like, so you, so say you walking down 51st Street, right? Mm -hmm. 
you're going about your business. You're not really paying a lot of attention to the traffic, right? Right. Somebody that's working is trying to get the attention of people who's going by. So that's that person that's constantly looking, trying to get the make eye contact to let up let customers because believe me, customers go. They go to the tracks that's selling what they want. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a teen track, a crack track, a trans track, they going where their commodity is being sold. So they're looking. So the girl that's paying attention to who's the slowing down of traffic, a lot of times, a lot of girls are sold on bus stops. Mm. Bus stops in school uniforms. We got the pretty woman thought like, oh, they the prostitutes are out with the leopard skin boots. No, they not. They out in khaki pants and a blue top yeah. because the so police. So men were looking at me right. like I could have been working. You could have yeah. been working yeah. because if I want to do this and I want to go untraced, I'm not going to have a young lady with hot pants on. Everybody know what she doing. Mm-hmm. But if I got a young lady sitting in a school uniform on a bus stop, the problem is she's never getting on the bus. Mm. Oh wow! She's working on the bus, but she's never you never actually see her getting get on, on the bus. bus. Mm-hmm. The bus is constantly passing her back, and she's constantly watching traffic. If you're waiting on the bus, what what difference do it make? What's going on in the traffic? Mm-hmm. But the traffic is the commerce, and so that's what it looks like. It looks like things that's that's very normal happening in plain sight. That's why it goes on in our community so often, and we walk past. So for individuals that live in Roseland. Mm-hmm. They that that bus that bus stop on 104th in Michigan is hot. That's a hot bus stop. But for somebody, nobody's paying attention that the it stopped running a long time ago. But they still out there. Mm-hmm. I got girls that's coming in that's being arrested right there at that bus stop at 203. You tell me a CTA bus that's running at 203 up Michigan. It don't exist. Mm-hmm. The girl on 95th in um, the Dan Ryan. That's going in and out of coming from McDonald's to the train, from McDonald's to the train to the train to McDonald's. Where's she going? But she's there, and you see her, and we walk right by her. We never stop and ask, are you safe? Mm. We can end traffic very simple on a human-to-human, human-to-human. Are you okay? Do you need something? I don't know if you saw the post that I put up about the girl in Home Depot. No, I didn't see that. It's one. a girl sitting at Home Depot at the exit, asking for change. Well, who really frequent Home Depot? Men. Yeah. So when it's the girl that's sitting by the industrial lot, she made she has no business being here. But that's an area that's very frequent. That's frequent by men. It's the girl at the diner that's sitting by herself that's continually making eye contact with the guy in the corner because he's watching her. It's the girl that's Dunkin' Donut that's not buying anything, just holding the booth until she get a call. She go back out, she coming back in. So that's what trafficking, they have made it so, they have normalized it so much that it's hard to see from just a common lens. Hmm. We see it happening under our noses all the time. All the time. So I want to get into, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, get into, you have some solutions coming up to bring awareness. You have a great event coming up tomorrow night. So we definitely want to get into that more. If you are listening to this conversation, please let us know your thoughts. Again, that number is 312-374-8130. We're talking human trafficking with Dr. Kisha Roberts-Tab. It is the Kendall Moore Show, WVON. We'll be back in a moment. He's hot. He's mannish. But it gets no realer than him, Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. 
with Netta Beretta. We're sitting here on our Lit Friday talking to Kisha Roberts-Tab about sex trafficking and the importance of awareness, especially in our community, because like we started this conversation out, it's not someone else's issue somewhere else. It's our issue right here in our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to talk a little bit about prevention and solutions before someone even enters into sex trafficking, what are some things that family members and parents, what can we look for in the home or our friends, people that we care about to help prevent them from even going down that path? So first of all, when we talk about prevention, the first thing we need to do is look in the mirror because we have to demonstrate healthy relationships for our children. And if we start dem- demonstrating healthy relationships, then you can't come and tell can't nobody just come and tell me anything. I had a strong father. My father told me how much he loved me before any man did. My father told me that I was beautiful before I met my first boyfriend or before anybody was all in my ear trying to get me away from what I knew was right. And so that's the first that's the first form of prevention is we have to love our kids so they can stop looking for validation from everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yes. People are pimping themselves out online all the time for likes. Mm. because they're not getting no validation. Nobody's telling them they're pretty. Nobody's telling them they're smart. Nobody's demonstrating what healthy relationships look like. They're not seeing strong, healthy relationships where a man is involved. A man is, you know, treating women well. Mm -hmm. And I just left the detention center, and I was telling the boys, I met with the boys today, and I told them, you guys can end trafficking. You guys right now can eradicate trafficking if you start looking at women like the the source of life that they are instead of looking at us like some type of object or commodity. Absolutely. That's number one. Another preventative measure I tell parents all the time, pay attention to what's going on in that cell phone. We spend Mm. a whole lot of money on these cell phones, but we are... our kids don't have to get snatched in vans because we are inviting them into our homes through social media, through the Internet, mm-hmm. online, because we don't pay attention to what's going on on our children's phones. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're talking about on social media. We're giving them so much privacy. We, You know, somebody 9, nine to 12, 13, you don't have no privacy because you're not paying no bills. Right. Don't close your door. Don't close your door. (laughs) Who you talking to? Put the phone down. You know, that kind of thing. We are allowing everybody Mm -hmm. to raise our children. We're not, we don't have no stake in the game no more. We put them in front of things. We need to start having conversation about sex with our kids. It's not a taboo conversation. It happens. They got here from having sex. So when we start hiding things from our kids, when we see stuff going on, we walking down the street and we see something going on, explain to your child, that's something we shouldn't be involved with. You see that, what's going on over there, that's not right. Be transparent about the things that you've experienced or the things that you've seen because that's preventative. So before I start talking a lot of psychological things, as a, as a psychologist, yes, I can give you a whole lot of psychological terms, but I'm talking just basic things. We have to start taking back our community, and we have to start being responsible for our children. Absolutely. Because if they know that somebody is checking for them, people will be a lot less likely to approach somebody that they know got an army behind them checking for them. That's so important. Mm -hmm. My kids, they blush every day. We talk about everything very candidly. Uh, So now you talked about the coercion Mm -hmm. versus the force Force. or fight. Mm -hmm. Do you see one as more of a problem than the other where people are actually getting snatched as opposed to being coerced into it? I believe that the 
I know that coercion is the number one pathway into sex trafficking. It is a it is manipulation. It is not so much is not so much the snatching. And a lot of times I want to clarify something. It is a lot of black and brown girls going missing in the city of Chicago, but they are not always being snatched. Okay. Sometimes they freely walk into a situation that they are not allowed to leave from. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Yeah. We're going to take a call real quick. We have Miss Joanne on the line. Joanne, you with us? Yes. I would like to say something about prostitution. Okay. I had a job at one time. Um, not that I was prostituting, but there were a lot of prostitutes walking around me, and I couldn't do my job. So as talking with them, I found out this was a job for them. And the only thing I could say was you're in this raggedy Inglewood area. It's no money here. Mm. Why don't you go north? where you can make some money mm. without getting beat up. Mm. But they were out there. They needed to support their habit for drugs. Mm. But now if this is what a person wants to do, I would say, okay, do it. But do it for what it's worth. Make money. Okay, Joanne, thank you so much for your your uh, input on that. Can you speak to that? Yes, about I want to I wanna speak to Three things, um, the difference between a sex worker and the difference between a traffic victim. Someone that freely um, makes a choice to get involved into the commercial sex business is a sex worker. An individual that's coerced, that is forced, or has entered into this situation in a fraudulent way, thinking that I have entered this situation to do something legitimate, and then I'm being forced to do something else because the money is not coming. And be, let's be very clear. We get so caught up in this choice thing. Choices look different in different neighborhoods. Safety, gang-infested neighborhoods. Your choices are very limited when you are trying to protect your siblings. You're trying to protect your grandmother who's raising you. You don't want this guy to come in here and act a fool in my grandmother's house. They're threatening the safety of your family. So, even the people that we see that we think want to be involved, I have never. And I, I am the only human trafficking specialist that deal with juveniles within juvenile court. I've never heard a girl say, I wanted to do this. Wow. Ever. Ever. Mm-hmm. It's always been circumstantial. So even those girls who are walking and working the street and, and it's their job, it's because some circumstance, some lack some vulnerability have led them to that. The second thing I want to address, she talked about habits. Yes, there are a lot of prostitutes or adult prostitutes that are addicted, even some adolescents. But a lot of times we closely associate the use of drugs with prostitution, especially those of hard drugs like crack, cocaine, and heroin. Be clear, when a person is addicted to a drug and they're working, they're not making too much money because every dime they get is going up their nose or in their vein or through their lungs, right? So adolescent girls are usually turned on to what we consider soft drugs, marijuana, a lot of pills, lean, so that they're not highly addicted. They can still make money, but they're in a position where, they, where they, um, they're not making the best decisions. Okay. So even when we talk about pathways and coercion, a lot of times they use soft drugs to get them comfortable enough 
to to you know to do things that they would not normally do if they wasn't high but it's not the cocaine the heroin and the crack that we need to worry about it's the pills in your in your medicine cabinet that's being tossed around and they sharing that's you know those are the things that we need to worry about yes back in the day you do have people you do have addicts that you know work and sell their bodies to get drugs but when we're talking about adolescence it's usually the children of addicts Mm-hmm. because they're not their basic needs are not being met in the home because they have addicted parents okay i think that's so significant mm-hmm. because the way that the media and tv every that everybody makes it seem like it's so extreme mm-hmm. but it's the things that are happening right under your nose mm-hmm. that you would miss and we just let it go by do so, we let it go by or do we not garnish the same support mm-hmm. as other races do you think that other races have more support for their adolescents? Yes. yes. I'm going to be quite frank. When I get a call, when a, when, a, when a white girl is arrested, they want me in court the next day. They want to process her. We need you to talk to her. Something is going on. But when Shanika and Kendra and, and Kenyatta and all these other girls are being trafficked, they can wait till Monday. Mm, wow. Mm. We have to have the same urgency about our own children. And if they don't have it, then we got to demand it. Absolutely. We got to demand that same urgency when, when, when black girls and brown girls go missing. We don't have that same urgency. They talked about Lacey Peterson for 10 years. That's facts. Yes. Yeah. That's facts. Absolutely. Girls are going missing every few hours, and it's not a discussion piece. I think the only one I remember, uh, Naila Franklin, yep. this was maybe like mm-hmm. 10 years or so ago, but that was like the first time that you saw a young black woman actually get national media attention over an extended amount of time. And I, and she also was she she also was professional. She worked in a pharmaceutical mm-hmm. so she had she was, different a, certain types. She was a certain type of, type of black woman. woman. Yeah. A more acceptable, a more yeah. prime. But when we talking about kids that's involved in systems, we're talking about kids from the hood. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when they go missing or something happened to them or they sleeping with an older man, they wanted that. They're fast. And that's generational. That didn't just start now. Right. Yeah. That's been since since we was coming over on the ship. It's mm-hmm. always been our fault. Absolutely. So the support is not there for us. We have to start changing the narrative around how we think about our girls and our boys and our communities. Absolutely. Martha, stay on the line with us. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back from this break. It's the Kendall Moore Show. He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. She's just a girl and she's on fire Hotter than a fantasy Lonely like a highway She's living in a world and it's on fire Filled with catastrophe But she knows she can fly away Welcome back to the Kendall Moore Show. We are here talking about human sex trafficking and I cannot express enough how important this topic is. This is something that really just goes under the radar, but it is a huge issue. And I'm so glad that Kisha is here in the studio with us talking about this to raise awareness. This is Human Sex Trafficking Awareness Month, Mm -hmm. and we need to be talking about this, not just this month, every month, every day, bringing awareness to this issue talking about prevention, talking about ending this epidemic. I want to get to Martha, who's on the line. Martha, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Thank you all for having me, having that program. Uh, I want to just talk a little bit about the biggest sex traffic that I've ever seen was when um, 
I guess a, a millionaire person, a business here in Chicago, don't fill it. And the pimps had about a hundred prostitutes there. I didn't know. We didn't know what that was. We thought it was just a little small manufactured building because you would see the incinerator smoking a lot of time. And so I'm at the bus stop one day, and the lady said, "Oh, look at that! Here comes five. They've been out all night. So it was almost seven o'clock in the morning." I said, "Who?" She said, "This was a prostitute. That they all of them live in the building right there." And I said, "Wait a minute! This little girl coming down the street, she couldn't be no more than what thirteen? I, I don't even believe she's thirteen years old, and she just coming down the street." Now this was around '89. So what I found out because I used to live in that area, that it was a big time company. They were not minorities. Donated the building just for that purpose. Wow. And I, I'm glad you all are talking about the difference between prostitution and trafficking. Well, back then, we didn't know trafficking. We just, I couldn't believe it. I, I was scared to call the police. And then I just said, somebody need to call the police. The lady said, well, I'm sick of seeing it because it's, it's, all, it's only about half a block from where I live, and I'm going to call them. Well, the building is not there now, but we know who donated that building for those mm. pimps to have those little girls. I didn't see anybody in there look 20. So that goes on all the time here in Chicago. It's not just some black man is, is picking up. A lot of times those are millionaire companies right on the south side and west side donate buildings and whatever else so they can have these girls prostitution. Okay? Yes. Thank you so thank much you. for that story, Martha. Mm. That is point. insane. Oh, point. And you know what? That brings up something. She said that was back in 89. Mm-hmm. So imagine how much more prevalent it is mm-hmm. now. But I saw an article that you shared on your Facebook page that the state of Illinois has lifted the statute of limitation for reporting sexual assault. Mm-hmm. What significance does that have to the sex trafficking epidemic? Well, honestly, sexual assault and sex trafficking is, pros- is prosecuted much differently. Okay. It's not prosecuted prosecuted the same way um, as far as sex trafficking and, pros- and the way it's prosecuted there has to be certain things involved so again the recruitment the transporting harboring receiving or obtaining or providing a person for the purpose of a commercial sex act that is what is needed for trafficking or by force, fraud, or coercion or that person is under the age of 18 okay. so those are the three things in which we can um, prosecute sex trafficking cases. The problem with prosecuting that is most people who are involved in sex trafficking, they don't see themselves as victims. So though you don't get a lot of victim cooperation. So for sex assault victims, they're coming forth and they're saying, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas with trafficking victims, we usually find out it happened and then we have to convince them that they are victims. So it's kind of the, op- you know, it's like the polar opposite okay. of, you know, when we think about victimization. Who do you think can reach them more when you're trying to get them to see, I'm a victim, I need help? Who is the best advocate for these ladies and these young men? I, you know what? I don't think it's, a, it's best or worse. I think that the one thing that we do have to do, we have to listen more than we talk. Because a lot of times as adults, we're not good advocates for them because we're presenting what we think they need. It's all this, you know, when I was your age, when you was my age, when when I was these kids' age, we was carrying beepers, not cell phones. No right. such thing as social media or any of these things. So I really cannot relate to what they have going on right now. However, I can listen. Yes. I can listen and I can pick out cues. And a lot of times when I'm talking to a, a victim, I never mention sex trafficking. 
I started talking about the relationship, was what's going on in the relationship. And then I started pointing out things and pulling on things that stand out to me. So when we talk about, um, so I've been with my boyfriend. Well, where were you guys staying? We were staying in a hotel. Well, how did you pay for that? Does he work? You know, those kind of things. Just trying to get them to see that what I'm saying is really illogical Mm -hmm. and it's really not making a whole lot of sense. And a lot of times they don't need us to tell them what's going on is wrong. They know it. Okay. It's the shame and the guilt. So a lot of times, the one thing I never ask is why. Mm. I, I, I will never ask a victim why. Because nine times out of ten, they don't know. Their situation is very circumstantial. They don't know why they're doing this. They got caught up in something that they probably never thought they would have ever got caught up in. So for me to ask them about why, now I'm imposing some guilt. I'm saying that you did something wrong. I'm putting some shame on you. And so those are, you know, so it's just knowing, you know, how to talk to people. And really, to be honest, there is no training to teach you how to talk to any kind of victims. But I think it's important to talk to people the way that you would want to be addressed. Absolutely. I do think that's a good point, not asking them why. Why is just, that's the worst thing, why. Or asking a lot of, or focusing, hyper-focusing on the pimp. Because guess what? In that girl, man, that's not her pimp. That's That's a a man. man. Yes. And and all women in the room, let somebody talk about your man. Mm -hmm. You you know, Mm -hmm. you mad. Absolutely. So you're not really that you're not gonna no get matter anything how out bad there. how he bad he treats you. Yeah. If I love this man, everything he doing, I'm making excuses around him. So I try not to focus on that. So if you are working with this population, don't focus, don't dog the person out that they in love with, because all you're doing is further pushing them away. Just casual conversation about you know, and then also talking about what's healthy and what's not. I don't have to talk about your situation. I can just start talking about some healthy habits and relationships, some things to look out for, some warning signs. So now I'm not talking about you. I'm not pointing. I'm not talking about him. I'm not pointing at you. I'm not accusing. I'm just giving information. Absolutely. Then it makes them think for themselves, right. and they can and start they connecting start the dots. With mm-hmm. Exactly. We're going to take a call from Brenda. Brenda, thanks for joining us. You there? Brenda. I think we lost Brenda. Okay, we lost her. Brenda, call back if you can. Especially if it's Brenda Powell Myers, because she is the bomb when it comes to sex trafficking. So if it's Brenda, Brenda, I need you to call back. back. (laughs) So that's her man. Yes. In her mind. In her mind, that's her man. And when all this is done, I'm just, we in business together. We in this bag. And when this is done, we're going to make enough money and we're going to get that house, that white picket fence, and you're going to treat me like I always wanted to be treated. Yes. Because remember, that relationship didn't start off bad. Mm-hmm. That pimp came into her life as a Romeo pimp. He was finessing her. He was buying her everything she needed. He was creating an atmosphere where she felt loved and appreciated. And then he so that was the hook. Yes. Right. So then the segue is now I need you to do me a favor. Mm-hmm. All this out okay. enough for you? You can't do this one thing. Then when you say, "Oh, you," but you could go back to the park bench, or you could go back to being hungry. So you see how you see where choice yeah. kind of yes. run out the window. And then when we we talk about drugs, what's the 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 major the most? I think the most prolific drug in the world is love. Everybody want to be loved, yes. and if I'm not getting it. And then somebody start loving on me, and they start treating me like I'm something, and they want to snatch that. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to keep that, even if it's the, even if it means destroying my own dignity. Mm. Wow. So let's talk about 
Human Sex Trafficking Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. I feel like this word awareness is so overused. Mm-hmm. Narrow that down for us and give us some significance. What needs to be happening with Human Sex Traffic Awareness Month? And so how are you making impactful awareness? So, okay, so I'll, I'll start talking about what we need. Like everything, every other cause, they need money. Because so many of the housing, so many of the trafficking housing or residential placement organizations are shutting down because they don't have the support. Because the funding is moving to something else. The next new buzzword is coming, and that's where the funding is already going. So I've seen so many houses, so many um, residential placement centers closed down for lack of funding. I don't ask anybody for a dial. I do what I do because I have a heart for women and girls and women and girls that look like me. But there are some organizations that can house these individuals. We need housing, housing. We have so many young ladies that's going, and they don't even understand that they they homeless because they don't understand that couch surfing is housing. If it ain't your address, you homeless. But that we don't understand that. And so we don't have the facilities because we can't fund the facilities. So that's the number one thing. Housing is the number one issue. We can't get the girls off the street, and a lot of times we holding them in custody because we don't want them to go back to working. Secondly, we need some transferable skills for these young ladies. We take them out of their life. We put them in a, even when we do get a place for them to stay, we put them in a wonderful environment where they're being loved on pretty. They have pretty bedrooms, and then we send them back to the same community in which they ran from with no skills. So every time they back get, get against the wall, they're going back to what they know because that's how they ate before. Right. So we have to stop talking about stuff. Like you said, awareness. Let's stop talking about it and being about it. We have so many. We have women doing some extraordinary things. Why can't we bring a? Why can't we have a girl journey alongside of us and teach her how to do it too? Mm-hmm. That's so it's important. enough work around here for everybody. We don't have to hold on to it and put it under our feet like we scared somebody gonna take it. Teach her how to do things. The three things we know that girls who work and know how to do, they know how to do their makeup. Mm-hmm. They know how to put them a bomb outfit together, and they know how to get their hair together. That's three industries that they can be working in. But nobody's taking interns. That Nobody's taking young girls off the, off the street or from group homes and teaching them how to professionally do this, how to make money, how to make money legally doing something that they're great at. We do push school a lot. And, yes, I got a Ph.D., so, yes, I believe in school. But school is not for everyone. Someone that hasn't been in school in eighth grade, they probably not going to college. Let's just be realistic. But they have some very ski- they have some strengths that we're not tapping into because we're talking to them about getting in school instead of using what they already know how to do to create some legitimate income. Wow. So you said we need to be about it, not just talk about it. And you are definitely <laughs> being about it. So January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and then January 11th is Human Trafficking Awareness Day. Yes. You have an event coming up, Girls' Night Out. Tell us a little bit about that event. So Girls' Night Out, a stroll through the city, originated last year. That was my first time doing it. We did Roseland. Girls' Night Out, a walk through Roseland. And to be honest, we had our, we were ready to walk, but it was 30 below zero, if anybody know that real, day. Oh, yeah. It was freezing. <laughs> so cold. we decided we're going to stand, and we're we going to stand in the gap. <laughs> and so that's kind of how, you know, things happen for a reason. And so what it did, when we, were, when we were out there, we were standing in the same places where girls were being bought and sold. But they wasn't being bought and sold that night because we were there. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So I thought, well, maybe I thought about this the wrong way. So this year, we did six tracks in Roseland last year. This year, we have 22 tracks that we'll be covering for two hours. And I know that there are individuals out there that's working and they, they're surviving this way. And I'm not trying to take your money. I'm trying to offer you a break. I'm trying to offer you an alternative. So not only are we going to the streets and we're standing in the gap, but we're also bringing services to the areas in which people are trafficked or exploited. So we have a van that will be going around with me to every track that I go to offering free HIV testing on that night. From 10 to 12, that van will be testing anyone who would like to be tested for HIV and AIDS. We have the YWCA that's offered um, informed, um, informed trauma care and as far as intervention, they're on call. They're willing to deal with anyone that ha that's triggered by us being out there or wants some help. We also have um, social service organizations that's going out, and we have three drop-in centers that's received people on that night. Okay. So we are taking over the city of Chicago for two hours. So please yes. don't be mad at us, y'all. Absolutely. Yes. We feel like we're taking take money out of y'all pockets. But we are willing to say that we're not looking for the great white hope to come in and save our kids. We are. We want to show that we as a community are saying, you're not going to keep doing this in our hood. You're not going to keep doing this in our community. We are appalled and we're going to stand in the gap for those who are voiceless with limited choices. All right. Thank, Thank you, you so much for that. That's so empowering. We are going to go to break. When we come back, it's the Lit Roundtable. You're listening to Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation, on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, WVON. Welcome back, folks. When you hear that music, you know it is time for the Lit Roundtable. 312-374-8130. That is the number to connect. The entire team is here. 
Man, that interview, the doc and everything that is going on with these young ladies out here. We talked about this last week. And uh, Naya was like, well, why you want to have no girls? I was like, Naya, it's not that I don't want to have girls. I said, my preference, however, would be uh, would be boys because it's so dangerous for our young ladies these days. And I understood your ideology behind it and your argument. And, again, I wanted to explain that whatever I have, I have. And I get that and I understand it. But these days, and Jared and I, we were talking about it while, while you guys were doing an interview. It's just really dangerous for, for for it's just really dangerous for young girls these days. It really is. And then on the flip side of it, for the professional women in their spaces, you know, you know, being accosted and mm-hmm. you know all of that, man. It's just like it's just women just we're so, not being protected, man. And so all. now, all I, like I really I feel it, and I've always felt it, and I've always been that guy mm-hmm. to be like, no, leave them, leave them alone. But it's even it's just even more now. I mean, real talk is even more now. The last interview that just took place, I promise y'all this. That is an interview that needs to be taking place here at WVON every single day. Because every single day, there's a young girl out here trying to survive on her own. And not just in the streets, but at home as well. They 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 getting pimped out at the crib. Yes. Or it's survival of the fittest in their households. Yes. Because... Stepdad lives there, mm. or their uncle lives there, or their cousin's homeboy lives there. Like, it's just a lot going on when it comes to them. Great interview. Uh, I, I definitely, I want to play it back when I, when I, uh, you know, after the show. And I hope listeners, I hope what they take away is that it's happening in plain sight, and we That's can it step right there. in and do something. So if you see this young lady at the bus stop and she never gets on a bus or you see the woman in the diner looking around in and out, like it's happening and there's ways that we can possibly help that young sister. And it's man, we've turned the page on it, but it's survival. Mm-hmm. When you don't have that skill set, you have to do, you know, prostitution is the oldest damn job. It's in the Bible. It's the oldest damn job in the world. After the caveman hit the chick in the head with the with the with the with the buka, come on, and dragged her by her head. Now I'm just painting that old school picture for you. Mm-hmm. It thus began prostitution. Yeah, and especially with young people, it's hard to get a job because you need the permit at 15, and then like, oh, you waiting for a job? So I used to work with young girls, and they were like, oh, I'm applying to jobs. Do you know anybody that's hiring? Like, and not to like create fabricate stories, but yeah, you could say go get a job, but who's hiring and everybody named mom are hiring. So, um, and also just the prevention, like, Oh, let's protect our girls, blah, blah, blah from the dangers. Like start at home, like create an environment where she can come talk to you. Yes. So she can tell you about your friends. So she can tell you what you're doing in your phone. Cause like I have a relationship with my niece. I was like, give me your Instagram password. And she did. Cause she know what's up. Um, and I always talk to her like, yo, you know, you're not supposed to like meet up with anybody. It's like, yeah, I know, blah, 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 blah. But creating that environment so they won't be looking for love and validation from other places versus people just like shaming her, like, oh, she fast, woo, 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 why you wearing that, who you looking cute for? Like, have a conversation. Yeah, you know what? There is a responsibility to us men as well. We have to stop creating these yeah. monstrous male, you know, uh, distributors of women we have to stop creating them and it starts with the men in the house being men and showing these young men the right way you know being mentors and telling them that it's a you don't treat a woman like that yeah because i got 
I was so quiet. I was just getting mad mm. the more she's talking because I have seen exactly what she's talking about. I have worked with people in particular who I found out they were doing certain things, you know, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of that. Hey, great job, ladies, uh, and, you know, I certainly appreciate it. All right, time for the roundtable. Here we go. Sasha Obama, let's start with her. She's trending this week. Real quick, for those who are not familiar, Sasha Obama is one of the Obama girls, of course, Michelle and President Obama. Big shout out to them. Sasha Obama, she decided against rushing a sorority at the University of Michigan, despite being the it girl on campus at the beginning of the last semester. So the University of uh, Michigan sororities were basically recruiting her so that, you know, she could be a part of, you know, this sorority. Everybody uh, on social media has something to say, and so I thought it would be uh, very befitting for us to have a discussion here real quick at the Lit Roundtable. And I know this one right here got a whole bunch to say because she done told me. But anyway, uh, Greeks or not, here's the thing. And, and, and it's January, so everybody and their mama got their anniversaries from the AKAs uh, to the Sigmas to the uh, Kappas as well as the Deltas. Big shout to my Soros, uh, Delta Sigma Theta. Nonetheless, though, um, sorority, Sasha Obama, yes or no, should she be rushing a sorority? And why are we concerned about it anyway? Well, yeah, the why part, I think that's the bigger question. Um should she be rushing? I think she has time to decide if she wants to. Her mother is not a part of a sorority. Um, her sister is currently not a part of a sorority. She may not want to do that right now. That's not to say she'll never do it, but why is this part? She's not rushing. Well, give her some time. She might change her mind or she might not. And it's okay. Why are we? Pr- why is this breaking news? Like, exactly. why are we so pressed? And you know what's funny? People will be like, they get mad at people who are thirsty over letters, exactly. who right. run into Greek life, right? But then when someone wants to like do their research, chill exactly. out, explore other extracurriculars. Oh my gosh! And I don't blame her because her, of her guards up. She probably think they're trying to use her for her name so they can have bragging rights. Oh snap! We got an Obama daughter. Woo woo woo! Right. right? Like, can she form some real bonds with these women who are in? sororities on campus can she take some time to get to know them figure out like oh i think i would like to be a xyz i think that fraternities and sororities are absolutely necessary now i also agree that a person does not have to be in one but as far as them being necessary i absolutely think that they they, that they are especially at a pwi especially perhaps. especially well yeah well at both because the pwi especially because you know you need that and you you need that 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 network mm-hmm. for a lack of a better term and it adds an extra layer of protection um and you know and that network and uh, you know if if you would and again these are the opinions of myself here here's the here's the other part why i think that they're very necessary why, why they are necessary from history, with every, anybody knows that their history, from the Freemasons to the Eastern Stars, etc., back back when when Scottish Rite Masons did not let black men become Masons, they had to start their own mm-hmm. charter. Back then, back 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 then, um, the guys who went to college were not old enough to become Masons, and so what they did. They took a page from the Masons as well as Eastern Stars and all of these other lodges that were out there in addition to um, what was going on with the white fraternities and sororities. Because you couldn't, even though you were in college, you could not become a part of theirs. And so what do we do as black people? We create our own. And from that, 
and of what of, of what's not discussed a lot about these historically black Greek lettered organizations is that it propelled and excited those who were at school and it infused them to graduate, to recruit other like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And then the service part that was attached to it was reaching back to get the next person. Right. And just think about that. In the time of uh, 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 Johnny, I mean, you know, uh, segregation or, or, or immediately coming off of slavery and, and what was going, Jim Crow, we needed that cable toe. We needed those systems in place because when you went away to school, you think you don't know nobody now. Could you imagine a first, a, 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 a one year away, two year away from post slavery, and you at an institution, you at a college? Yeah. Like, think about it. So we're, we're so, you know, we're, we're here right now. We're in 2020. We got all the haters who hate black Greek. Like, why you need to be a Greek? Why you need blacks ain't Greek? Like, we get that all the time. No, we're not Greek. And that's, you know, it, un, un, you know, it is what it is. But no, we're more than just that. So you get all of those people who push back and say, well, that, that's not necessary. It's absolutely necessary. Just like you got the Boulets and you got all these other people who have their own organizations. It acts and serves as the same thing. Now, let's get to Sasha. Sasha, it's a rush. Rush is different than pledging. Mm-hmm. Rush means we rushing you through this process and we going, you know, we want you to become Delta, Delta, Delta or, you know, such and such, 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 such. I, even though her mom is not, uh, you know, Greek or whatever, whatever, she, 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 she should be, but she's not. And so <laughs> the, the, the point, I guess what I'm trying to get to, no, for real, the point that I'm trying to get to, she didn't rush, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that she might pledge though. So a lot of people don't know the difference between rushing. Yeah, because TMZ and, did break. They the word rush, used was rush. Yeah, yeah, rushing is completely different. Yeah. from pledging. Yeah, and you know everybody around this table don't went to college. At, mm-hmm. at at Western Illinois University, they would rush during the fall semester. Mm-hmm. So they would you know go to the big brother's house, the big sister's house, and if they wanted to become a part of that specific fraternity mm-hmm. or sorority, I'm talking about white people now if they wanted to become a part of that, then they would have to spend time at that house pleasing the big brothers and the big sisters. Right. And it would only take, you know, it, it's called a rush because it only took two or three weeks for it to <laughs> get <rushed>. done. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, it's called a rush. And and it, and then, you know, it, it extended depending on what, which college campus that you were on. Y'all with me right now because I'm yeah. looking at everybody's faces. No, right? yeah. I, I'm sense. kind of an expert in this area because yeah. I am a member of Omega <laughs> Sci-Fi proudly, Fraternity okay. Incorporated. Now... <laughs> Pledging, on the other hand, is completely different, and rightfully so. Many are chosen, only few can make. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it right there. I dropped the mic, boom. Sasha, <laughs> does, does Sasha need to be? So anyway, well, what's, what's the kickback? they were looking at her, too. So it says, this is from TMZ, all the signs were that Sasha was rushing and promising Alpha Chi Omega um, because she had stayed at their house like before enrolling. So I guess the the big brouhaha is that she hasn't rushed, you know, I don't know if it's a white sorority or a minority sorority or whatever it is, she hasn't rushed that particular way. So maybe there is still some promise that she might pledge something down the line. And she should. I, I really do. I think that uh, black sororities 
I really do. Or minority sororities. Let me say that. I don't want to say black. I want to say minority sororities are very necessary uh, here in what, what it is that we're doing these days. Naya, what's going on? All right, Will, Naya, just, I'm just, looking at just you. Just three things really quick. I never pre- pledged a fraternity. Uh, I, who knows? I might still do it. Okay. I, I got time. Number two, the reason why this is such big news and why it's such a uh, thing for Sasha is because she went to Michigan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she U of M. Yeah. She could most kids like her would go to Ivy League schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan your Browns, is, yeah. has a very well known political science department. You know, so, but she went to Michigan. Uh, <laughs> okay. And you I got a lot of friends who are Wolverines. I got a lot of friends who are Wolverines. But they here in Chicago, though. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then second of all, second, third of all, last of all, she's Sasha Obama. She ain't got a rush for nobody. You know who her dad is? You know who her mama is? You think I'm going to clean up behind you? You think I'm going to do this so I can join your organization? No. I'm going to create the Sasha Obama organization. You come ride with me. So, but, 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 but that's the very essence of why it exists from discipline to uh, uh, ingenuity um, to just having faith and, and just being who she is, her own person. Okay, she is one of the Obama kids, which means she has been spoon-fed since she was born. When, by the time she was born, he was already at Harvard, she was uh, the wife was at some uh, Ivy League school as well. They were not a poor family. And then, as she continued to get older, he was the damn president of the United States of America. So, and it's not I'm not there ain't nothing wrong with it, Sandy. Ain't nothing wrong with it if she your went par- to Michigan. If that's your parents, what's wrong. If your parents are well off, your parents are well off, and I ain't got no problem with that. So, probably pledging can bring some humility to a, a person, in my humble opinion. I don't think it has to do with humility. Let's also remember she's a human, and people have their perceptions about Greek life, especially because her parents aren't Greek. So people, they're aware of, like, the hazing that goes around or the party, and maybe she's not into that, and maybe she hasn't done her research on that. Because I've talked to people and, like, talked to my sorority in Greek life, and they'll be like, well, I'm not a party person. Um, I don't know if you know this. At least for my sorority, Lambda Theta Alpha, we're an academic sorority. Like, that's the whole purpose, Right. Um, we still have our social stuff, but having conversations with people, like, they don't know that that stuff on TV, some of that stuff is real, but some of it's, some of it's fabricated in the media. So that could be something, too. Like, no, I don't. Or maybe she's aware of the time commitment. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, a lot of people, while there are people who are thirsty for letters, there's also people who are rooted in their academic success. Like, no, I'm going to get involved my second year my third exactly. year. Exactly. Right. Like, there's Co- time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a big decision, right? Yeah. It is. So just the fact that it's even a headline, imagine how much pressure is being placed on her to choose. Maybe she just wants to take her time and choose at her own pace as opposed to everybody telling her that she has to do it right now. She went to Michigan. <laughs> you went back to on the Michigan thing. And I also say that she doesn't have to limit her... Not, there's a variety of organizations because I'm part of a Latina sorority, the first one. And people are like, oh, why you join that organization? It wasn't about race. It's like interracial dating. You don't go out there and be like, oh, let me go find me a white person or a Mexican. It was just about who's on campus, who's doing stuff in the community, who is, who's treating me like a person versus trying to just recruit me for numbers. So also understanding that. Maybe she hasn't found the right niche. Maybe she wants to join Greek life, but the options that have been presented to her, not a good fit for her. So, right. I almost joined a Christian sorority. 
Oh really? I'm, I know it's random, but yeah, that almost. Happened. I could, but and I could see what y'all <laughs> symbols would be. Wait, so what? you know, so you, you know the deltas go. Ooh, the zetas do the C five, right, right? Right, the AKAs go ski. Right, right. You'd have been like, if you joined the Christian sorority. I don't remember what they whatever was. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the they be doing the chants. Jesus Christ. I can see y'all scrolling. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I, I can't even remember the Jesus name Christ. of the organization, but yeah, that that Jesus, all. I Jesus, know some Jesus. people in Christian sorority. Yeah. All right. So but here's the thing, since we're talking about people of importance who join uh Greek lettered organizations, each organization has very prominent individuals. You know, because the, the organization doesn't make the person. The person makes the organization, which is why I'm a Q. Now, speaking of Qs, <laughs> y'all that, that y'all got that right. All right, all right, all right. So, I, I, I'm gonna just drop. I'm gonna just drop this name right there for the Qs. Michael Joy. I'm gonna drop another name for the Qs. Shaquille O'Neal. I'm gonna drop. I'm, I'm gonna drop another name for. Do I need to keep going? I mean, I mean, we just got. Ray Lewis. Like, we, we just keep going, going. We keep going on and on and on and on. Anybody who's not an athlete? And on. Oh, oh, oh the shade. Dr. Everett A. Just. Dr. Frank Cooper. Um, Kendall Moore. Right. <laughs> but wait I was a doctor. Wait a minute. What but about I, but me, Kendall? But I was Don't a doctor. jello. But I was a doctor. I'm the Bill Cosby, right? <laughs> yeah, Bill Cosby's a Q Don't as well. Don't you want some Jello pudding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill Cosby's a Q. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, wow. the the son from uh, uh, Langston Hughes, Omega Sci Fi. Okay. The son from um, House of Pain, Lance the Chocolate. Yes. Ooh, and he from Lance. the Alpha Chapter, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. AJ, you know it's just it's a lot of bros all around. So mm. anyway, I just thought I speaking of Greeks since we're talking about Greeks. Uh, yes. What's going on with uh, Lil Boosie? I heard that he did. He was out here acting up. What's going on with this guy? Man, so he was at a game. He was at a basketball game, and <laughs> he was photographed wearing a Kappa sweater. Like he just had it on, and he is not a Kappa at all. Obviously. And when the when the photo hit the internet, you know, of course, Kappas came at his neck. Like, what are you doing? Like, take that off. And so he actually responded, and he said he was in the mall one day. He saw some red. It was hitting. It was hard. It looked good. And he was just trying to be fly. No disrespect. <laughs> he just wanted to look fly. And he's like, don't be mad at me. Be mad they selling y'all stuff in the store at discount prices. <laughs> yeah. And then that's one reason why I didn't feel comfortable going into like black Greek life. It's just the rules were so intense. I get plegging. Like that's I feel like the way the black Greeks I interacted with, that it was kinda like you wanted me to commit before we got into a relationship. Mm. And all the rules and like the hostility, like going to parties and stuff. I remember I got hit from behind from some cues because like, they were strolling. Like it's just like the intensity of the rules. Now when we pledging, hey Make me commit. I'll follow some rules. I'll wear certain things. I won't eat certain things. Woo, woo, woo. But before, like, just the hostility, don't wear that. Your signs, we'll beat you if you do our call. Like, you can, some people are very ignorant about Greek life. And, like, I wish more Greeks would have the humility. Like, hey, I know you hyped and all, but that's mad disrespectful. Versus, oh, let's fight them. Let's jump them. Because I remember I met a Kappa. It's funny story. I remember I met a Kappa. And I was doing uh, casework, and he was at my food pantry, and he was like, oh, you join a Latina sorority, woo, woo, woo. I was like, yeah. 
And then he was like, yeah, um, we beat this guy, but because he was flexing, like he dropped the process, woo, woo, woo. But he didn't even finish college. But you want to get on me for my Latino sorority, but my sorority did my job. What did your fraternity do? And that's not to say that Kappas are bad, y'all. But I'm just saying, like, that some Greeks, emphasis on some, like, that arrogance and just... Like, oh, we don't, don't touch our letters, don't touch our colors, yeah. blah, blah. Now, how do you feel about people doing the strolls or mimicking the strolls? Because Boosie is like, okay, I ain't gonna, I can't wear y'all letters, y'all, you know, whatever, but y'all out here strolling to my song, Wipe Me Ooh. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teach yeah, me yeah, to yeah. stroll. Right, 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 right. I mean, is he a, like, can he, can he I'm pop up at his concert? You know, and they go they hard, doing right. Doing they you know, go hard in it. That's the Kappa's do. That's the, so, that's right. I mean, can people, you know, swagger jack y'all, y'all strolls? Well, well, so here's the thing. You know, our national anthem is uh, Atomic, Atomic Dog. I don't really see any other fraternity Hop into Atomic Doll because no. they know that's, that that's y'all that's, song. That's ours. Yeah, I, you know. So I don't even know if that answers the question. But Boosie had a point. <laughs> like if he wanted to, you know, hop really to Atomic Doll, like could he do it, or is that like off limits too? Like it's off limits. Of course, don't wear the paraphernalia, but also definitely don't, don't wear the disrespect because, control. But feel me on this though, right, Sandy? F in fact, what like who you are and and, and what you represent. If you, it took blood, sweat, and tears for you to become who you are, mm-hmm. you don't want anybody just putting on your stuff. Right. Like, you you didn't earn this. Right. So you don't have the right to just throw this on. It's like being in the Army. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you didn't go through boot camp, why do you have on, uh, why do you want to act like you're a part of, yeah. like, you know, the special forces? Like, you didn't go through any of that. It's it's it's, uh, it's insulting to those who you know put time, effort, they love and affection into something. So it is, it's offensive to some. But for those of us who are mature enough, we get it. You're gonna get those people who act like that, and you have to you you know we're a step above that. Mm-hmm. Like look, bro, I'm not like these young guys out here who will whoop you since you since you got on this Omega shirt and you ain't <laughs> a cute. Cause they they don't they don't have the same temperament that I have. Maybe but when you I was pull younger, pull them to the side and pull let them know, to the like, side, hey, like, no, nah, this ain't don't cool. Don't do that. And that's probably without it. Look, Boosie, he but he he went viral. So you know, by then it was too late because some of them young boys right. were probably already like, man, y'all see, dude. And then it just you know it. it it's and what from store there. did he buy it in? Because that's the thing. It's like if he was just in a regular mall in the store. He shouldn't be able to just pick up, you know, a Kappa shirt. Now, did he go into a sorority fraternity store where they sell nothing but yeah. <laughs> apparel? But, but, but is know, he college educated? It's like, does he know about that? Yeah. And there's some people want, and then some of that stuff, man, it's just, it's, it's so many ways for you to get uh, these types of don't uh, items. Yeah. yeah. And also but to it, your point, yeah. like you were saying like the army, like sometimes I explain to people like romance, like if you're in a relationship, like how would you feel if someone came up to your significant other and grabbed their butt or like with your parents? Like, oh, hey mom, da- hey dad, you looking at them like, who are you? Yeah. So. All right. All right. We take a break right now. When we return, we got a really interesting topic that is coming up. Um, what was it? It was that topic. We'll be back in a moment. (laughs) 
Kendall Moore on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. It makes it easier, easier to bear. I brought you brothers here today to start our own fraternity. Broke, five broke. We ain't got it. Broke, five broke. We ain't got it. No, we have no money. We are sharing jeans. If I go outside, I got the only clothing on. How many cars do we own? None. How many cars do we own? None, sir. Should we let our woman go and be with the cat with the car? Yes, we will. Why? Because we can't afford gas. Say it with me. We can't afford no gas. Say it. We can't afford no gas. So we ain't driving. All right, welcome back. 35 minutes after the hour. All right, this last segment of the Kendall Moore Show. We certainly appreciate you guys allowing us to be a part of your Friday. We always get you from your work week to your weekend. Of course, we got some great guys coming up. They are going to be discussing politics. That's what we do here at WVON. And in case you do did not hear, uh, President Trump blocked, um, you know, but he, he blocked the, hell, it's getting late. But he, he blocked somebody from testifying who was a, a, a key witness and whatnot. So it, it was breaking news. Anyway, I'm sure they'll be talking about it. All right, so here's something that I want to ask this lit roundtable. It's been uh, trending on social media. And um, folks, uh, make sure you're following me on Facebook Live. Uh, again, it's the Kendall Moore Show. Um, and also on Instagram, uh, the Kendall Moore Show. So here it is. I was waiting for Netta to get off the phone. <laughs> in, the, no, in the middle of the show, I was just waiting for Netta to get off the phone. That's all. This, this is what we do here on Friday night. All right. So here it is. Oh, okay. Taking the person on a date. And it was trending the day the question was asked on social media. Taking the person on a date. Are you obligated to pay for the babysitter? So men. I want to hear from you. 312-374-8130. I want to hear what the guys have to say about this. If you take a person on a date, are you obligated to pay for the babysitter? Let me start with you, So Dope. So Dope, where you at with this one? So I think obligated is kind of a strong word. I think it is a very thoughtful thing to do. And if a man wants to take a woman out and she has maybe some circumstances that pose a challenge, so maybe she needs a babysitter, oh, okay, I got you. Let me, you know, pay for the babysitter. Why not? Like, make it easy. Like, if it's really about you wanting to take her out, make it easy. Like, don't create another hurdle. Like, let's just... I want to take you out. Boom. Can I go back to your original sentence? Yes. You said that obligated is such a strong word. Because I don't think it's obligated. That's He's not obligated. It's that's not ob- an obligation. He he. No man has to offer to pay for a babysitter. You're not obligated to pay. What if you're expected, pay? though? You know, like the woman has hinted around, well, you know, you know, I got... Eight kids. No, I'm kidding. So you, you, you know I got... You know so I she got, Claudine? <laughs> you know I got a couple kids, and you know I, I ain't got no babysitter. I can't pay for the babysitter. That's dropping a subtle hint like, 
Can well, now, you... so it could be dropping a subtle hint. It could be stating facts. It could be like, oh, Friday night you said? You know what? I actually, I don't even have a babysitter lined up for that night. I'm not going to be able to go. Like, it might not be her dropping subtle hints. She might just be stating a fact. Like, you know what? I need a babysitter if you're trying to go out this <laughs> Friday night. You know, I'm cool if you want to wait till next Friday. If you're trying to go this Friday, I don't have a babysitter. And, so then, and then he might jump in and say, you know what? Are you hoping, for, you are you hoping that. that he jumps in? You might be hoping, yeah. that he jumps but in. he may not. So it's not an obligation. So if he doesn't, then what? You know what? That's a, <laughs> no, that's a question because then it looks at, well, who are you dating? I feel like the type of men that I would date, a babysitting wouldn't be a big thing. Like, I've had men who wanted to go out. I don't currently have a car. They were like, I'll send an Uber for you. Yeah. yeah. So you meet me where I'm at, whatever. Like, and it's not a big deal. It's not a, it's not a thing. And that's not me dropping a subtle hint like, Oh man, it's gonna be hard for me to get all the way up. No, like no, it's like <laughs> I'll have a car. Like, like send, me a car. No, send me a car. Send me a car. Send me a car. And there's something. Um, I read that Steve Harvey book. Um, Act Like the Lady. Oh, man. what did he uh, say? And he was just talking about in general of like. A man don't have money. Money ain't everything. And from my personal experiences, like with boys trying to have sex, they'll do anything. Like, oh, you got a sister that can drive you? Can we Can we meet up at the park? Mm-hmm. Like, men will get very resourceful when they want something. Yep. So, okay, if you ain't got money for it, okay, let's go on our first date and let's make it kid-friendly. Or if you know some people, if he got a sister, hey, sis, like, I'm really feeling this chick. Can you, can you watch your kids? If, like, you know something, like, men get really creative when they want something. When something so if want. money is an issue... That's okay, but sh- first of all, it's about your Naya, <laughs> ain't no woman finna, ain't no woman. Thank you, thank you, Jay. at all. And there's no woman finna leave her damn kids just, with somebody's sister who they ain't never met. I'm just saying, being resourceful. But you just say, I get it. I get Don't it, nobody like, want to meet no kids on no first date. Well, that part too. I'm <laughs> not trying to meet the kids. You can't meet my kid. Like no, yeah. But I, I ain't gonna meet part, the kid. But, but I gotta pay for the kid. You. Why not? It's You're not problem. obligated. You're not obligated. But why is it a thing? Why is it a thing? Like, you want to pay a babysitter? Like, Netta, what's up? What say you? I'm all about personal responsibility. If it's your kid, it's your responsibility to get a babysitter. Mm. That's just how I feel about it. Now, I will say, though, if a guy is so set, maybe not the first date. Okay, got it, if got we're it. dating... This is now a relationship expense, so you need to pitch in. And then to your point, even if she is stating fact, like, you know what, I don't have a babysitter that night. If the guy never steps up and says, you know what, I got you, that's a problem. That's a flag. Mm. I shouldn't have to tell you every time I need something and ask you specifically for it. If you know that I need it and you care about me, then it should be done. Also something um, I saw cool at my job was this man, he brought this woman food at uh, while she was at work, so okay, you can't do after hours, and then be accommodating. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's have breakfast. Lunch. Yep. Let's have lunch. Let's let's let me work with your schedule. And uh, that's how you can tell if he's that. really invested. If he's willing to suggest, like you know what, let's do a lunch date. I'll come, you know, meet you at your job, whatever. But like, Sandy and Naya, we're not talking about that. We're talking about. Let me read this paper one more time. We are literally talking about taking the person on a date, and are you obligated to pay for the babysitter? I didn't heard all of y'all. Will, what, what, what say you, man? Hey, I've been, I've been listening to both of y'all. Let me just say this from an experience from a man who dated a woman who had five kids. Okay, 
Look, uh, there's rules to this engagement. <laughs> and the truth <laughs> is that if you can't afford a babysitter, you don't need to be going out. Okay, the man just met you. And you want I him to pay not. for a babysitter? <laughs> I mean, let's go on a few dates because but, I ain't even met the kid. I don't, I don't know if the kid even like me. You know, men are under so much pressure to do these extracurricular, curricular things. No wonder most of y'all ain't got a man. Huh? <laughs> come on, because when you come to me like that, straight up, you come to me like, talk about, I got to pay by the babysitter, I'm going to say, okay, all right, I'll see you later. So in y'all minds, in this don't scenario. Get me, I love the kids. I love the kids. Uh, I love little kids. I like teenagers. Right, kids right. are smart. And, you know, I, hey. But I'm like, on, in this scenario, y'all have this vision of the woman uh, I can't uh, go out. You gonna buy this babysitter like just real <laughs> tacky? Like, and I don't think that that's. The I don't case think it's tacky. But here's the thing: if you telling me you, uh, I want to go out with you, but I ain't got a babysitter. It, it was okay. There's your mama, your sister. You don't know what the, her support system is. The baby. Right. Uh, she uh, might uh, have uh, a uh, Jason uh, support. Uh, I agree with you, but just imagine. You know, look if that guy is willing to pay that. Hey, God bless him. But the thing is, he just after one thing, ladies. That's all. And he ain't going to last very long with him because he don't want to get to know them That's kids. That's not you challenge you on that. He should get to know the kids first. I well, say, well, she hey, might well, not want to introduce. Before you pay for the kids. Damn, she let me might kid. not want Let's go tell you. No, you can't meet them. No, you can't meet But you want me to pay for them. Go ahead. Come on. Rachel, what's up? Um... So you want me to go out on a date with you? I don't know if I like you, and then I gotta pay a hundred dollars to the baby. That's usually how it works. That's usually how it works. And you want to meet my kids, <laughs> and I don't know if this relationship is gonna go past. Sorry, the not date man. Date We're gonna spend three hundred dollars on this date tonight. You okay. Let's walk. Let's, let's, thank you, Jerry. But also, but y'all can check off money for the, drinks. And all this, like they can spend money we on ain't drinks. drinking by ourselves, though. We drink it with you. But no, but you you thinking about like, oh, let me spend this money because drinks are cheap. Come oh, on, now. they yeah, want yawn and hey, it's some older ladies out there. And they won't go down. Y'all know town. We call in. By the, by the yeah. end of the night, I'm spending five hundred. Exactly. Now you want me to spend another hundred? So what's we're the going to cheaper date. Thank you. What's the difference right, between spending four instead of five and giving a hundred to the babysitter? Well, we just talked about it, Netta. I don't know your child, but you want to get to know what me. What a daddy at? Look, you should not care to know what I'm saying. What if he's What if he's in a different state? And if I look, look, and if, if we've been dating for a minute, I like you. Look, what's what's let's go someplace and take the kids. Now that's right. It. If you've been dating a minute, because at that but, point she's mm-hmm. comfortable bringing you around her children. If it's the first, second you want few me to dates pay for the kid. I'm not introducing you to my child. I'm not <laughs> bringing different else, men though. in and out of my child. No, no, I don't even know if you have children at that point. Oh, see, boom, okay. there it is, right there. Because women play games. Pictures, DNA. What's the I difference, though? Hey, no, that's real, though. What's How we difference? even know you got kids? That's crazy, first of all. Because it's women that do that. So they just asking for babysitting money and <laughs> don't. It happens. I got my finesse now. Like, hey. But let me just say Y'all have stretched this example. Who hurt y'all? Who hurt y'all? Y'all so focused on where this money is going. If you are trying to get to know somebody, you should care about the things that matter to her. If you were going to give her $100, you wouldn't have a problem with it. Who cares if she spends no, it on the babysitter? I don't know if I like you to give you $100 But yet. you want to go on this date, don't you? Let's go out to dinner. That's it. Let me get to know you before I sit here. You know what? Just pay for me money. some grub. Hey, you know what? I was hurt. 
It's just, just I'll send send that's, that, that's an alternative. You're not coming over though, oh. just the food. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, that shut me down right there. That shut me down. If you don't want to pay for it, baby, that's all right. If you don't want me, I just step on over to like, like buses, baby, like buses. So Come people like buses. Will need to not date women who need babysitters. So, so let me ask this: Back in the days, I I have never heard of it, and maybe it has happened. When did this start? When did women start asking men that they're just dating to pay for their kids to be watched? I don't know. Mm. I don't have children. I don't know. I don't know. When either. guys start getting weak and, and don't want to say no because they <laughs> want it so bad. Oh, I got to have her. She's so fine. Stop being a punk, man. <laughs> but it reminds me of that, uh, that Kanye lyric. Thirsty. I don't care. I challenge oh any dude Oh, my God. Guys, I want to hear from you. I, I need to hear. I'll say this. Don't get an attitude with her. Don't guilt her into going on a date or something like it was just like oh i ain't got a babysitter then keep it pushing go find another woman but 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 here's the thing though all right because we've been joking i've been joking a little bit and i'm looking at y'all faces y'all like dude for real like no no for real for real so here's the thing (laughs) does it not put pressure on that guy that y'all dating to you know feel obligated to take care of something that's not his though but that's a part of her life though but it's still you're just dating i don't have a problem with that Here's the thing. If we, down the line, we get to like each other, yeah, I know the kids are a package deal. That's no problem. Mm-hmm. But, lady, I just asked you out. You asked me for $100 to watch your kids. I don't know your kids. I don't know if you like your kids. Most women aren't oh, going to just ask you, hey, pay for my babysitter. Right. They're going to say, I can't go like. because right. I don't have a babysitter. And I think the reality is most women with children, if they are going out on a date, they are probably securing their own babysitters they're paying for it they're making the arrangements they're not asking men i don't think that's the norm so i need to screen the babysitter because i'm gonna pay i want to make sure it's quality (laughs) you're doing way too (laughs) much so how long have you known this because you know what will sometimes the babysitter just be the big brother or the big sister anyway i gotta pay the babysitter yeah you know what that's their brother yeah, that's their sister. Quit playing. You need a hundred. You need fifty dollars for them too. But I'm not saying it's not impossible. But I'm just saying to make these type of demands straight out the box, so public. Oh well, I can't go nowhere. You know, I might need. <laughs> you ain't take care. Of, you ain't take care of my baby I'm out like, the okay, gate. Well, what, what's you where you at with oh it, Jerry? Man, this conversation is crazy. It's no way I'm paying for a babysitter unless. We've been dating like three months or something. Like we've already Fair built, enough. we've built Fair. history. You know what I'm saying? But like in the first two weeks of dating or knowing somebody, I'm paying for a babysitter for some kids that you already not comfortable enough for me to meet. That sounds just insane. It's absurd, right? I, you know I what was, I mean? I will say also when I was reading a book with Steve Harvey, and I, he's not my dating guru, just to throw it out there. But he also said like, why is it that you feel comfortable going out with this person, but you scared? for him to meet your kids like you don't care about your safety and well-being i don't think it's a safety thing i think it's just a thing of you don't want to keep introducing your child or children right. to different to, people because maybe it's not going to work out with that particular man right. and you want to date but you don't want to necessarily introduce them to every person so and i want to say this for the record and i love steve harvey's a good guy stop listening to him his, his, <laughs> oh, yeah. his, steve man, harvey listen. if he if he writes now, if another if he writes another book I'm all, I'm about love please stop reading yeah. that but, man book because yeah. he's destroyed he, a lot of women he doesn't destroy yeah. he got a lot of women single right now let's go yep. to patrick on the live i mean on the line let's say patrick what patrick. you got to say man if i gotta pay for a female's kid 
to be babysit while we go out on a date, that's just a red flag for me because that shows you ain't got no family foundation to back you up. And your baby father definitely must not be in the picture. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to be dependent on me for everything. And so I'm not even finna, I'm not even finna get in, involved with you because I shouldn't be paying for no babysitter and we just going out on a date. First of all, you said a babysitter costs $100 for a few hours. Where's this at? <laughs> I mean, I got I to pay. Uh, first of all, I got to pay $100 for a babysitter. How much you think a man's supposed to spend on a first date? I mean, ladies, let's get this straight now. You understand? Hey, Let's Patrick. Be I appreciate that. I appreciate, appreciate it, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. I agree. <laughs> I agree with Patrick. <laughs> and we put a lot of context on the question. We don't know if it's a first date, a third yeah, yeah, date. Like right. we yeah, just yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. first date. We don't know. Is she from Chicago? It's the first date. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is not yeah. like, And from <laughs> the and from the South Side. Oh! Especially the South Suburbs and the the, 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 the High Hundreds <laughs> or Richmond Park area. I live in University Park. On oh, University Park area. I'm sorry. I misspoke on that. Man, your well, you know what? I already know. <laughs> or Rachel, where, where would you, wherever Rachel stay, in that area too. She stays in the same suburb. I already Some know out the gate. So any, any man who says females yeah. ain't paying. Oh. oh, he probably get out the gate. High key, is he that, probably get mad. Those words? He probably get mad when she asked to open the door. Like looked at it. Like, what? Oh, come on, y'all going too far? No, 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 don't do that to it. Don't do no. But no, no. Point, he probably spit checks. To his point, we are dating each other. So if paying for a babysitter and that's what she needs is a problem, then she might be a red flag for you. Well, Just you, like right, you not paying is a red flag. If so I'm taking y'all not you a good out, match. you need to pay, and you you can't pay for your babysitter. You don't need to go out. So then don't exactly right. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. So it just brings. So just listening to this. What about when you do? So hell, now y'all married. Mm. Now you raising a kid in the household. And that's not your child. It shouldn't. That is your child. Wait, that's wait. Yeah, that's officially your child. That's not a. Think problem. about that no, though. No. That that's another no, level now. No, that's a no. That's stop. Stop. No, 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 there's a no. Well, no. Y'all are married now. All that went out the window and y'all See, got. See, here's the thing. Let me just say this really quick. That I, 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 that that's your child to this about marriage. Right, 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 right. You should treat that child good. But I have a problem with this personally from experience. If if that man's good enough for you to marry, to sleep with, them kids should respect him. As long as he's not disrespecting those kids, yeah. that man, they should respect that man. He'd be helping them with, the, with uh, giving them a place to stay. You know, he helping your mom out. That's what I'm saying. Because I know this from experience. Those kids should give that man just as much respect as they give their mother or their father as long as he's being good to them. Okay. Fair enough. But a lot of guys, you know, when you get into those marriages and you somebody with kids, and the kids start disrespecting him, you know, hey, he leaves or whatever. The marriage don't work out. I mean, and I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen even more petty stuff. Yeah. I really have seen petty. When I say petty, I'm talking about petty. And so we started with this question. 
do you pay for the child uh, as a babysitter? Then I moved it up. I escalated it to marriage. Yes. <laughs> Which now shouldn't you, be a question if y'all are married. I literally was at a funeral today. Big shout to uh, Mama J. Miss Jackson, love you to death. Uh, love her to death. And you are going to be missed. Uh, I was at the funeral today, and I ran into one of my guys. I was like, I hadn't seen him in a while. I'm like, what up? He's like, what's up, kid? I'm like, man, how you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, well, you know how he's, he's in the marriage. <laughs> I'm like, well, how's, how's it, you know, how you doing with the marriage? He's like, oh, I'm doing, I'm fine. It's great. He's like, the damn stepson. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I said, what is going, to, what you mean the stepson? He was like, man, my son grown out the house. I married her. She got this damn kid in the house and he's driving me crazy. Eating me out, eating us out of house and home. And she ain't opening her mouth and she ain't saying like, and I'm, I'm just looking at him like, man. I'm laughing, but I like I feel his pain. It's a commitment, y'all. Well, yeah, blended families has, has some issues. So yeah, and now that gets into another conversation. Well, how how do you handle that? Does the mother, you know, his wife need to approach her son? Like how how do you handle? Who would that? handle that? Right, that, right. Yeah. That's a good question. Like who would be the one who, who says, look. This is a problem. Yeah. Does he have the right to do it, or should should it be the mother who's opening her mouth? The biological parents should say something first, and then the other parent starts to build the rapport with the child. But if it's your kid, they're not going to respect your husband if you don't require it. Mm. If I may say, it's, it should reciprocate too, though. If the man brings a child into the into the uh, marriage as mm-hmm. well. That child has to respect that woman, that wife. Absolutely. You know, it shouldn't be the other way. Now, men, and I'm just going to say this, men will a lot of times check their kids. From my experience and from what I've seen, women won't. They won't check their kids. The kids start calling the man all types of names. And it just makes the marriage go downhill. You know, I've seen this too many times, and I think, you know, as long as the man is putting his effort, my son or my daughter cannot disrespect my wife. Uh, you know what I mean? And your kids shouldn't be able to do it too, do it either because it breaks down the whole structure. I really family. do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I you think know, that there are going to blend, and I'm just saying, that's how it is. I slap my hand down on the table. That's how it is. I do it for if, you. If that's the case, get out the marriage. You're going to be just in hell every day. So for women who are like un, unmarried right now with children, like what is the biggest fear when when you when when men, women meet men and they have children? Then since we're having that discussion, mm. well, my kids are one of them is grown and the other one's almost grown, so that doesn't even come up in the conversation. I don't need you to take care of my kids; they've been taken yeah. care of. But is that a conversation or is that a thought though for women? Like if you got if you have children, like should is that is that? And I guess I'm asking the wrong damn group of women because y'all ain't none of y'all in that situation but I guess just asking that question out loud or any of your girlfriends who may be experiencing it it's definitely an issue especially when you think about uh, sexual assault and just general abuse you definitely it's a concern how is your kid being brought up in this household because it's going to shape who they become as adults but my kids don't even have to meet you <laughs> Back to that part. With, with, right. the, with the smack the lip and drop the mic. Do do right. Yeah, I get it. All right, well, listen. Oh, thank y'all. Patrick, thank you for the call. We certainly appreciate it. Live Roundtable is always interesting, guys. You know, and each and every week we try to do get better and better and better and better. Uh, I want to thank, uh, who's I guess, uh, Sandy? Dr. Netta? Kisha Roberts-Tab. Kisha Roberts-Tab. Tab. Big yep. shout, big shout, big shout. She's doing great work. Make sure that you guys follow her. We are back next week as well.
Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kindle Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. What's it? 